Hey, what's up, guys? Back with another episode. Uh, just do the quick housekeeping thing. Uh, if you can go on iTunes, leave a five-star review. That's super helpful for the podcast, really boosts it up, gets it in front of more people's eyes. It puts it on, like, those those uh, top ten lists, whatever whatever uh, higher-end categories. So gets a chance for more people to see it. Uh, and then you can just follow me on Facebook, Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast, and then Average Joe's Beer Podcast on uh, Instagram. If you can just follow me on there, that's always awesome. I like to post what I'm drinking. I like to see what other people are drinking. And speaking of that, I just want to give a shout out to one of my most interactive, awesome uh, listeners. Uh, his name is Infamous the Infam- or just Infamous Harold One on Instagram, but his name's Harold. Just a good man. Uh, always, always giving me feedback and, and letting me know. He's always excited for the next episode i love when people reach out and kind of interact i love running into people at beer fests and in the beer world that have listened to episodes or have questions about uh, you know what was said in an episode it's really awesome that people are actually taking to this podcast over the last two years so uh yeah i just want to give a shout out to harold and some of the awesome listeners and then um I see a new Surrounded by Idiots just uh, hit. I think it's a, it was done out of Barntown, as a lot of you may know. The uh, Red Main Lion, Alex Lovingood, recently left the Chicagoland area from Brickstone and headed, uh, headed over to Iowa to Barntown Brewing. So if anybody gets their hands on that new Surrounded by Idiots, uh, New England-style IPA, it's got that great picture of all, all the idiots on it with uh, Chris Betts and Sean Burns and the O'Brien boys and... And uh, Pizer, now with Milk Money, a bunch of just a bunch of world class dudes brewing brewing beer together. Brandon Banbury, Brandon Wright, Workforce and Hailstorm, Steve Miller. Uh, if you get your hands on those cans, let me know because I would like to check those out. So without further ado, uh, the new episode is going to be a big one. It's District Breweryards. So if you're not familiar with District Breweryards over on Ashland, it's it's a conglomerate of four breweries sharing one uh, taproom space and and. They really just doing an awesome job right now. They've got barbecue in there. They got a great space for you to sit and drink. It's a pour your own concept, which you get uh, Casu Mildes, the new brewery in there, and then the three originals: Bulldog Brewing, Around the Bend, and uh, Burnt City. So you're gonna hear a bunch of different voices. You'll hear Burnt City. You'll hear Ben and John Saller. Uh, you'll hear Jerome and, and uh, Sherry, the owners of uh, Bulldog. You'll hear Dan from uh, Around the Bend, who you've uh, who you've heard on this podcast before, and then you'll hear Jose from Casa Humilde. Uh, so yeah, Dan Shedler, he's kind of he, he's my guy. So we've been tight uh, for a long time now, and I'm really excited about what they're doing over there. So he helped me set this thing up and the whole crew over there. And here we go. We got a little District Brew Yards action. All right. Now that we've uh, filled our bellies with smoked meats and uh, got microphones in front of our face, I am so happy to be at like one of the, well, the most unique thing in chicago right now in craft beer so dan we've talked about this for i don't know a year probably doing this yeah so right we're finally sitting down i got i got representatives from all four breweries at the ready uh we are at district Brewery arts What's What's let's go let's do a quick go around the table say who's on the mic get some people your voice real quick john with burnt city john with burnt city uh sherry with bulldog beer company Hey, I'm Dan, founder and owner of Around the Bend Beer Company. And veteran of the show. Yes. <laughs> I'm Jose with Casa Humilde. The new, the new guy. The new guy. Your, the your signs are fresh. Yeah. Your signs are fresh <laughs> out there. 
I can still smell the fresh paint. I think still it's still dripping. <laughs> yeah. He's it's got still, that new beer smell. When I walked out, I walked out there, and I was like, I wonder if, I, oh, yeah, sure enough, all them signs are up, baby. We're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the fourth wall initially was what? It was like a, it was like a collaboration wall, right? Collaboration, guest taps. Guest taps um, yeah. We had some uh, we had some ciders on there. Um yeah, we had always kind of looked for another brewery to, to come in and take over that space. And, um, you know, we get along with everyone from Casa Email Day insanely well. So it we was do. a perfect fit. Yeah. See, it, sound, it sounds like a match made in heaven at that point. But, I mean, it's cool to have, like, the fourth wall filled now with a with a brewery. I mean, so for, for people, I mean, most of Chicago has probably heard that this place exists now. But just kind of give them a quick rundown of, like, what this place is. So, uh District Brewyards is a first-in-the-nation concept. It's the very first uh, collective for craft breweries. Uh, what we mean by collective is we share the space. Uh, all four of these breweries here, we make all our beer on site. You walk by the, the big glass windows over there and saw into uh, the brewing space where we have two different brew houses, seven-barrel and a 30-barrel brew house. Um, we send beers out to distro, and we have this gorgeous shared taproom environment that we're sitting in here right now and one of the other key differentiators about our taproom each of the breweries has their own wall with 10 tap handles and they all operate off pour your own technology so you come in check in get a card drop it in you can pour yourself an ounce or 16 ounces of any one of 40 beers in the place and we've got our own uh, full full kitchen on site Um, menu is all based on in-house smoked meats we got a giant smoker in the back. Which is why I led with it. Exactly. We just exactly. had some brisket side by side with some Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Por- pork belly, raisins. Like, what? Yeah. Those Brussels sprouts. Some tasty stuff. Stop yeah. it. So, so yeah, good. super unique concept in town. Yeah. I mean, it, like I was telling you while we were, while we were eating, it kind of reminds me of places like a Green Street or like by me, Station One Barbecue. It's like you... you Walk into the line. The dude cuts your cuts your brisket right in front of you, slices it up, puts it on a tray, asks you what side you want, and you're off to the races. Yeah. And now you guys add the extra of getting your little like Chuck E. Cheese card and getting you you know <laughs> yeah. collecting your tickets. And then you're you, a little bit more fun than Chuck E. Cheese, so at least for adults. I mean, yeah. go- goddamn Wednesday Wednesday night. Look at you guys. Yeah, yeah it's a good crowd here tonight. People really in here. Crowd tonight. Yeah, you guys should hear it. <laughs> you should be here. Shit, it's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, you know, not every Wednesday gets to be like this everywhere. But, yeah. I mean, 40 beers. Uh, I like I like the kind of uh, feel when you first walk in. I mean, first of all, you see all the signs on the street. You guys have parking, which is <laughs> phenomenal, you know. But then you see all the free signs of the, the four breweries. Right, right. That's a bit more importantly, <laughs> free parking. But you see, like, the signs for the four breweries. There's art. There's murals. Like, there's a big District Brewers logo on the front of the goddamn building. And you walk in, and it's like, you know, the check-in area. But there's a cooler wall right with 16 ounce cans of beer that it's an you know the eight, kids like those 16 it's an ounce cans eight of beer. door cooler run right crazy. So each brewery has two full doors where every beer that's that's made here on site that you can get on these pour your own walls is also available to go in four packs of 16 ounce cans and that's different than a lot of other tap rooms who Most might be able to sell you a growlers, crowler yeah. or a growler so you guys don't do that at all right? we don't do that no. at all nope. because thank you. you know thank you you're it, welcome. If that Seriously. was the only technology you had available and that was the only way you could bring fresh beer out of a brewery, then, yeah. then that was what you did, right? But since the brewery is here on site, we can everything we do here. And we have a, a label printer upstairs that allows us to do super small runs of labels. So That's crazy. if we only want to can off 10 cases of something, we can do that. You know, it's super flexible. Yeah, that's really awesome. Man. 
just from a you know technical standpoint, the advantage to canning 10 cases on a proper canning line as opposed to filling a growler is that you don't have oxygen with your beer. Or even I mean, growlers. I mean, growlers, yeah. if your staff's not properly trained on how to, how to fill those growlers and purge them and that, it's like, that's a nightmare for a brewery. If you're going to get that home and then tell me, I didn't really care for around the Ben's beer, you know, that's probably not, you didn't have the accurate representation of yeah. it. Those growlers and crowlers are good for a couple of days. If somebody's really efficient at purging CO2 on a crowler, maybe you get a week. Well, I've had some great crowlers. Yeah. Tr- trust me. But exactly. I've also had some bad ones. But crowlers, I think you can just throw in the trash all together for yeah. being like anything yeah. with a glass bottle and a screw top. Uh, exactly. You know, and it, it requires, yeah, you do the best you can requires do a hair dryer to, yeah. you know, to finish it up. <laughs> but these four packs <laughs> seamed on the canner, you know, they're good for, you know, months at a time. Just like the beer you buy at uh, your local, you know, your local beer store. Yeah, same and amount. It's usually it ends up actually being cheaper. Right, as right, well right. Than getting a than getting a growler filled. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just from like a business perspective, with the, the way this place sets up, it's like you guys are sharing the the, the brew house. I mean, mm-hmm. it, and that's got to be efficiency. You know, like it's got to be some benefits of like ordering ingredients together. You know, like everything coming together. Right. I mean, it's got to. Well, the equipment is the biggest expense for a brewery, right? Investing in stainless yeah. is expensive. And for most, I would say probably 95 to 99% of small crap breweries, you're not utilizing that brew house at its full capacity. You know, unless you're running three shifts seven days a week, there's idle time in that, and you paid for it. So why not share it, you know? Yeah. It's it's just, I'm, there's so many things about this place that are, like, dangerously unique to, to whatever else is <laughs> going on and going on in the craft beer scene. So it's like uh, my first instinct is to wonder, like, how do you put together the brew team? Like you said, how many ships are there? Like, how, how often are you brewing? Like, there's four breweries. You're filling up 40 tap lines and distributing beer and filling cans up for people to go. So, like, how does that all come together? How many people are on this brew squad? We just have a fantastic brew team. I'll let John, you John, John seems like the, the proper fit for this one. So we have seven full-time brewery staff for the district brew yards that take direction from the various uh, sort of brewing managers of each brand. So uh, day-to-day operations as far as moving beer from one place to another, cleaning tanks, packaging, it's all the same people because it would be just insane and dumb to have four separate teams doing all of that. Uh, but as far as the recipe generation, as far as dictating the processes, as far as, you know, all of the, you know, managing the questions that come up during production and packaging, that's where each brand has their uh, uh, people in charge directing the brew team. It's like uh, the creative decisions are right. all owned by each individual right. brand. And then the manufacturing piece of it is the and single I, I, team. You know, I really believe that if I took off tomorrow... Uh, threw my phone in the lake, got in a trailer, and tooled around the country for six I, months. I like this. Uh, <laughs> about this. And came back, and you gave me ten beers from the brew yards. I would be able to pick out what brand each one of them was. I really do think we have strong brand differentiation. Uh, and on that note, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to take off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting in my RV, and I'm heading on out. It's a no. It's it's a really cool thought process to follow along with with, with the, the the squad, the team that's doing it. And uh, Dan, you know, you and I have personally talked about this and kind of how the formulation goes. And you always told me like Joe and you still are coming up with 
what you're making. Uh, you're yeah. coming up with the recipes. You're formulating. You're obviously talking to them. So is it like, and nothing against like Church Street, like people that brew brand, you know, for other people. Uh, Great Central, obviously, they do a yeah. great job doing that stuff. But it's kind of like you guys have that in, in house. Right? That's, yeah. It's an extension of our team, right? Essentially, I mean, you know. You know, you could say, you know, uh, you know, Johnny works for X company and Billy works for Y company, but really, the, at the end of the day, we're all one team, right? And it's just it's that division of labor: who's doing what, right? So Joe and I are going to be spending all day Friday tasting through all the beers, going back, you know, tasting older things, seeing how they're holding up, um, sitting, tweaking recipes of existing beers, doing a bunch of new recipes for the new year. You know, we still do all that work on our own, and and, and nobody here tells us you can or can't do something right that's us and we have our point of view on craft beer and what we want our beers to be like and it's very different from what jose and, and javier you know want to do what jerome and sherry are doing and that's kind of a liberating you know piece of being here at the three yards we've got a lot more toys to play with that we never would have access to if we tried to do this on our own a beautiful canning line it's one of the canning line. Beautiful <laughs> yes. when it works Lovely. i walked in here the one day and i saw like I looked at there's the three breweries in here, and I've seen hanging out with you, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh look, there's there's illuminated cans coming off the canning line. Like, look, look, it's great. You can do so much here. Like, you know, yeah. you, can, you can do those things and take in other brands, contract brew, and then do your own stuff. I mean, it's it's such a, a kind of a versatile pot. You know, like the, the Swiss Army knife here. You can do all these <laughs> things if you have that great brew crew. Obviously, too, it's like you can make all these brands really shine on their own. It looks like you guys have done that so far. Um, so, just to, for my for my own uh, knowledge, Burt City, did you guys have John? Did you guys have a tap room before Brew Yards, or were you guys just simply producing beer? So we had a Lincoln Park Brew Pub originally under the name Atlas. Okay. Um, before we uh, ended up losing the Atlas name in a lawsuit with some fuckers in dc <laughs> uh, these are the stories right here yeah, yeah. you should tell that story well we there's not real. that much to it we used the name first they filed the paperwork first uh we dealt with lawyers for a long time it didn't work out uh anyway burnt city we feel like is a better brand um we kept our uh brew pub in Lincoln Park for a while, uh, as well as the Southside production facility. And then, you know, we'd been working with Dan um, and contracting, doing contract work for some other breweries and just for various reasons, uh, it made sense to combine all of our equipment into one location. We had a chance to get out of both of our other spaces and then once that decision had been made we started to think well okay what are the opportunities bringing all of this stuff together and then this idea really started to take hold you know when we we approached dan about you know well why don't we have like multiple bars with multiple brands instead of just doing it as a strict contract thing uh and then we were lucky enough to find Sherry and Jerome and then we held out for a while uh, doing whatever with the fourth wall and finally managed to hook up with Casa Milde, which has been going great so far but 
I wanted to go back to the canning line for a second. So, <laughs> yeah, please. This is your world right now. After we opened this place, uh, we were like, okay, we need to hire at least one more full-time person to work in the brewery. And so Ben and I thought, and we were like, okay, what is like just the absolute worst thing? What do we just not ever want to do again? We are like, can beer. Yes. <laughs> okay, we are hiring a full-time person Canning to specialist. can the beer and we found a nice a very nice naive young man <laughs> um, if you're listening and uh, you. and yeah he didn't really have much brewing experience or any brewing experience and uh, but he was very enthusiastic um, and we were like okay cool you are our new packaging Canning manager <laughs> the packaging manager um, title and uh, and we had managed to like the, the canning line had been dialed in really well when we first opened this place where like almost nothing was going wrong and uh-huh. uh, and he he was so jinx you know so enthusiastic <laughs> and he came in and he'd worked like several hours on it before the first can got shredded and he came up to us with just this like grin on his face and he's like you won't believe what just happened it just like totally shredded that can and we were like oh <laughs> Oh, oh never yeah. Seen that. Okay, never seen that one <laughs> before. Um, and then it took it took a couple months. Um, you know, gradually things got out of alignment and yeah, yeah. things got worse and worse. And yeah, finally, just like last week, it started where you just like are somewhere else in the brewery and you hear from over in the can like fucking son of a motherfucking <laughs> son of a goddamn son of like fucking. We're like, yeah, okay, he gets it now. Yeah, he's got it. <laughs> he knows why we hate canning now. You figured that out pretty quick, huh? That's hilarious. What did you guys go with? The, is it like a, who, who makes the big the big dogs? Like, is it like a wild goose or like a, what are the evil monkey? We're, we're with ABE, uh, American okay. Brand equipment yeah, yeah. for most of the most of the stuff in most, there. All the stainless in there for the most part most too. Of it, yeah, yeah, a couple GW Kent tanks and things mm-hmm. like that. But yeah. but going back to you know the the inception of the idea that John was talking about how this all came together. One of the big pieces of it that I, as I remember is when. Uh, when uh, Steve from Burn City started talking to me about the idea, he pitched it initially as a revival food hall of beer, right? You know, or, you know, take that food hall concept, right, that everybody loves so much, the choice aspect that you have. Why is nobody doing that for beer, right? A food court. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) exactly. And so initially we thought, well, we'll have, you know, individual tap rooms kind of closed off, surrounding an open space so you can come in and get a beer and come out here in the middle and you know, convivial and then the, uh, the the pour your own thing came in somewhere along the line we we're like well, wait a minute if we do that take down all the walls let's just have one big open you know that's how people like to live their their lives these days anyway right house design 101 now so we open up the space and it's all these big you know communal tables you sit down next to strangers and have a couple beers and pretty soon you've made new friends and it all just it all just grew kind of out of that and came together like it is now. Yeah, I mean, this can't be the first iteration on paper, right? I mean, what what, no. were, what were some of those like early challenges and like the conversations like? I mean, what, what did what did that feel like coming out? Like the, you said, that kind of first little spark of, of hope was the conversation with Steve. You said it, for, for yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of like hey, it's kind of the got genesis this, idea. Got right? this little idea here. Yeah, and it, and it and it evolved and grew from there. I think one of the biggest challenges, though, overall, was just finding the right space. We looked for God. It seems like over a year to find you know the right building, and we were close on a couple of things. And you know, one 
I was over at uh, Grand and Western. We were getting close on liking a space that was uh, basically uh, would have been a, a build-to-suit situation. There was almost nothing on the property. And we got down a path until we come to find out, you know, after a couple months of negotiating, oh, the two guys who own this place are suing each other. That's oh, not going to be good. Yeah. Who knows how long that could take to unravel, right? So we walked from that. We got close on a couple other places, you know, up and down Hubbard here. We knew we wanted to be in this general area. Um, you know, it's called the District Brew Yards because we're in the Chicago Brewing District. Mm-hmm. You know, the city of Chicago named this area of town that, you know, a year or two ago. And um, it's a playoff of that as well as the old Chicago Stockyards, which was the first collective of businesses of its kind in, in the nation, right? Which a lot of people don't know. It wasn't just, you know, cattle yards. It was all the, you know, um, <clears throat> all the other ancillary businesses needed, you know, to, to, to take, uh, you know, beef to market. So putting those things together, you know, combining Chicago history. But we, we knew we wanted to be in this area because so close to the, the, the fastest up-and-coming, hottest neighborhood around and yet still in an area where we have a little bit more of a, a gritty kind of industrial feel. I feel like I went on a tangent. No, there. no, was that's the original question. We're welcome. <laughs> we're a welcome tangent. Where did I start with that? <laughs> yeah, I'm not hearing enough tangents of anything at this point. I mean, yeah. that's the point. We got we haven't time. had enough to drink yet. We got nothing but time here, Oh, guys. yeah, the evolution I mean, of the concept, right? Yeah, from, yeah. That's it. That's where we that's started. That's it. How the monkeys turn into the people, you know? Yeah, That's the exactly. thing. I think that was the big thing was was the the moving from, you know, closed off individual tap rooms mm-hmm. into one big open space. That was the big change from, from my perspective. And I think it's way better. You know, initially I was getting all into, okay, so I can have my space and it's going to look like this and I'll design all these things. And then once we brought the walls down, it just, it just made so much more sense because it's how people want to... I think experience and interact with the different brands. When and I first, oh, no, go, when I first heard of the idea, I thought that's what it was. Like everything was enclosed. Each brewery has their own little tap room, and people would come out and meet in the middle. And then when I came in here, I'm like, oh, nothing like it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw the pour your own thing, which I. I've seen the bars. Like, Dude, that's um, weird. <laughs> yeah, like taps. We're trusting stuff, people I, with this. Yeah, but I've never gone to them, so I was never convinced and then i came here and tried it out and like i like this <laughs> yeah. like it makes sense <laughs> it does yeah shove that card in there and stuff turns green you Let start pouring your beer right? now there was some no? backlash on that when you know Jack. before yeah before we launched there were people who were like why would you want to take the human element out no. of the beer bar it's not well, enough humans like, in this room Dan. time out time out time out because that's not what we're doing yeah here, right? we have beer guys at every single wall we have somebody stationed at every single wall who is trained and so happy to discuss what each beer is, everything. And it's not, you're not waiting on them to get you a drink. Got some you're nerd just, standing at every wall ready yeah, to talk totally, about hops. Totally. So, I mean, I've been that nerd and I'm frequently that so nerd who's so happy to talk to people about beer. Mm-hmm. Um, it brings me so much joy. Yeah. But um, it, lets, it lets you navigate the room how you want. If you want to yeah. interact with that person right, and learn right. more or get a recommendation on something, they're there for you. If you don't want that and you know what you want, just get in, get out, pour your thing, get back you, to your group. And even if you don't know what you want, you can tap the screen. And the screen will literally tell you all about the beer. And it'll show you kind of, you know... It'll help you understand what the beer is if you don't want to have that personal interaction. Yeah. 
Also, if you don't know what you want, but you're kind of embarrassed because you feel like you should know more, <laughs> you don't have to, like, there's no, no like, angry beer nerd yes. acting as a gatekeeper between you and your beer. You don't have to ask the guy. <sighs> you can go the around and IPAs sample. The are over there. All right? <laughs> like yeah, you can sample whatever you want. And I, I think that is actually more welcoming in some ways. Um, I mean, I love, I love, love, love my neighborhood bars. They're important social institutions. I hope that they live forever. They're important in Chicago. That's not what we are. Uh, that's not what most craft beer bars are, uh, or really any craft beer bars. Uh, and so, you know, do I want to pour my own old style at my neighborhood bar? No. I want no, a bartender there. I want to talk about my problems in the news with my bartender at my neighborhood bar. But for a brewery, for four breweries, where if you come back six months from now, 35 of these beers are going to be different, yeah. uh, this is a great way to, to dispense the beer. Time and a place. Time and a place, right? Yeah, I mean, you're not... I mean, where else can you go and have one-ounce samples of 40 beers mm-hmm. without being super annoying? Mm-hmm. Right. Nowhere. If you're at a bar, you're like, can I try <laughs> can that I get a one? Taster? And they give you a taster. taster. I would expect you do two to get of those? kicked How about out that one, after no. four. Yeah. I you do two taste, of those and you're pushing it, right? I want to taste Three? 11 beers yeah. and then I'm going to order a five ounce. Yeah. yeah. The one that I for, like. Forget five. about it, right? If you can't commit to five ounces, people, maybe craft beer's not for you. Maybe just not. Just to try it out. Yeah. But this try solves that. That solves that a little bit. Solves it. Now, I see both sides where you're like, okay, don't eliminate the bartender because there's some great bartenders out there. But then there's also some ones that you're like, I'd like to eliminate that bartender. Like, <laughs> I, I want to feel accepted when I come into this. I don't want to like, you know, I want like you were talking about, uh, John, about the, just like the embarrassment of like, am I, oh, this is like, I don't know that much about it. Ooh, you went limp there for a second. Well, in the, the microphone is talking about nice. That's not very nice, Joe. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> Told you there um, would be penis jokes. <laughs> There's the so, first. Uh-huh. So the other thing that I will also comment on is when people come in here and they don't really know a whole lot about beer and they're embarrassed to ask, that's another reason why we have a beer guide at every single wall. I have I can't tell you how many times people have come up to me and said, I'm not a big beer drinker, but I know that I like, you know, Allagash White. And it's like, okay, I know that none of the beers that we have on right now are ones that you would like but let me introduce you to this amazing beer by Casa Humilde or let me introduce you to this amazing mm-hmm. let me introduce you to you know a beer by Around the Bender Burnt right. City because I know that that's what you would want Ramblin' Rosé perhaps yeah. huh? Yeah. Huh? honestly oh. Vera when people say that they <laughs> yeah Vera's a good go-to for that for yeah. anything or my like, own Snoots beer because that's usually when beer. someone says they like a good wheat beer that's what usually what I okay. I tell them to drink but like even that if you go to another brewery tap room you you don't that's not something you have available to you you have the beers that they make yeah on the menu unless it is something that is a contract brewery like i mean grand central you go down there and you have beers from four or five different breweries and that's fantastic but not 40 taps but you're not gonna get 40 40 taps. taps um sorry but that's that's something that consistently I love about this place is you people who come up and say I really like 
this style of beer and I haven't found it on your wall. And it's like, okay, you're right because we don't make that. But, you know, here's the other brewery that makes a style, makes that style of beer and it's absolutely fantastic. Please go drink it. You know, speaking of things we love about this place, um, what's the score in the game right now? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Is there a game on what right game now? What game is it? It's Wednesday. Don't you wouldn't, even know, you wouldn't know. There's no you're foosball in here. on today, all right? Is well, it we don't have Nice trick. We don't have any TVs in here. So we're going to be a terrible place if the Bears ever make the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> the Cubs be, or the Sox ever make that. the World hey, Series. Hey, guys, That's not if you ever want if, a right? super boring bar, not boring, sorry, but if you want a bar with not a lot of people to go to on the day of the Super Bowl, <laughs> right. come here. But every other day. I mean, look at what's going on in here. There's a lot of people talking. The conviviality, the connections people make. We have racks and racks of games. I love just watching people on a Saturday in here playing checkers or settlers of Catan or whatever it is. There's four-way chess. Yeah, there's connections. That sounds sexual. (laughs) Four-way chess? (laughs) There's connections that get made in this room that are so fun to watch and participate in. It's, it's, It's fantastic. Yeah. A lot of very friendly vibe floating through here right now. That's what beer's always been, right? It's a social well, I connector. Think, I think one of the things that Jerome mentioned about um, on another, on, I'm, I'm so sorry, but on, on, a, on, a, on a different podcast. That's fine. I, you know what? <laughs> I like other podcasts. I listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of the things that he mentioned prior was there were uh, two gentlemen who came in right when we first opened. And they started, I believe they started around the bend, and they had a one-ounce sample from every single no, did ev- they a one ounce uh, sample of every single beer from every single right, brand? So we're ten ounces in. Let's keep going. Yeah. Uh, we were uh, end up being we were thir- I believe, we thirty I'm, ounces in. I'm so sorry. It was before Casa Humilde came okay. in, so it was only thirty ounces. But at the end of it, they started going around and telling people at different walls which beers they liked and oh, which Jesus. ones. And they but, became taproom uh, managers. But it was like, it was amazing around. when they would walk around and be like. Oh my God! Have you tried this beer? Or you should go try. And it's that's not something that you would get anywhere else. At, yeah, at a different bar. That's not something you would get at a different brewery's tap room, where you have someone coming over being like, "You really, really should try this beer." And just making that that open conversation and that connection with them, it's it's fun. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's cool too. I mean, because you add the food element, you add the variety. Say you get 40 taps. Dan and I talked about while we ate our brisket together. We talked about uh, you know like the people that walk in, like you mentioned about the wheat beer. You know, like I like I like this. You know, like Allagash, whatever. But it's like you have that rambling rosé. You're gonna get a crowd of four and five people at a table, and one person's just there to for their friends. Yeah. They're not there to, to. They don't give a shit about what your beer is or the tag you know. along. Yeah. So I mean, you have solutions. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Which I don't believe. I fundamentally don't believe that. Right. There's a type of beer available for every single person. Yeah. It's the same thing as the I don't like IPAs. And you hand them one, they're like, "What's this? Like that's an IPA." If somebody says I don't like beer, the response is always, "You just haven't found the beer for you yet." There are so many styles of beer. There's so many styles of beer, and there's there's beers that I like, and there's beers that I don't like. Sure. I feel like that's the same for everyone. Some people name the beers on the wall you don't like. No. <laughs> no, we do like an hour segment of this. Beers I hate on the forty. Might actually you know, be a super, a, sorry, a super short segment. A super I, short. A right? super short. Super short. Um, I actually don't dislike. You and I had this conversation Cheesy. before it started. You and I both don't like don't like smoked Smoke beers. beers. 
that is the only Ow. type of fear yeah, that sorry. I would probably drain pour. Somebody somebody asked me on an episode once, they're like, what, what beer would you take a magic wand and erase from the planet? And smoked like, beers. Smoked beers, probably. Or beers with raspberry for one. personal preference. If I just I don't like one. raspberry. Oh, love raspberries. So I feel okay saying this only because it is the single all-time best seller of District Briards, but I don't really care for Vera. <laughs> uh, you know, people and you know, love it. People love it. it. it people it, do it love it. massively outsells any other beer we make here. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it mashes. It does. And I'll, uh, I'll say to you, John, what I say to everybody when I'm at tastings, and they're like, eh, Go for fuck me. yourself. No, no. <laughs> I say... So that was Dan. He said that. That's why we make lots of different kinds of beers. Because right, not exactly. everybody likes exactly. the same thing. Right? Right. If Personal everybody problems. liked the same thing, we could have a self-pour one-tap brewery. <laughs> yeah. There would be a Boring really long line. Here it is. The best beer <laughs> in and the world. So what was that? Uh, serving out of a 90-barrel fermenter. Best song in the world. Best song in the world. Be like that. Like the best beer in the world. The this one best beer in the world. This mm-hmm. is just a tribute. Mm-hmm. We can't brew that beer. What was that sweet <laughs> word you were using? I just thought to myself like earlier when you said convivial, right? You convivial. Said, okay, so I like fifty. So words. just just like a you know like a quick aside. So the first district brewery collab will all four come together and collab convivial, right? I convivial, like it. Right. I like I'm it. Okay Throw that shit in perfect. a barrel. <laughs> let it convive up in that barrel. That for should be a while. our St. Patrick's Day beer. Make it a smoked beer. Is it going to be oh, <laughs> no. uh, Ours is going to be a smoked beer. <laughs> is it going to be a raspberry green smoked beer? There you go. That I like it. Awful. I think we're onto something. We're going to put some We're onto a big idea. Yeah. I'm telling you guys. That's big why I'm idea. here. I mean, no charge. No <laughs> charge for that one. Video. Giving us beer ideas. All those words. Love it. Love it. So it's half the fun. <laughs> Checking out the labels and the names and where they come from. Half of the best stories told on this podcast are name beer names like it's the hey, hardest thing to do. With this, so. It's the she hardest thing in this business to do. Makes sense. Fuck Sorry, yeah. Naming crazy. beers. Got to go on Untapped. See what's, oh see what's taken. No. Here's my rule. Convivial tonight. We're if checking Convivial tonight. Even if it's so. taken, if it's by a brewery that's more than 500 miles away, I'm good with it. And if they We're suck. Doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if they suck. Yeah. I'm in. Worked <laughs> great for us. <laughs> <laughs> not oh. for your fucking brewery. I was going to say, for a beer. Not for your brewery. <laughs> it's all part of it. It's all part of that it. That you want to have a lot of. It's C&D. like you and Beguile. <laughs> a lot of C&Ds. Maplewood. A lot of C&Ds, lot of C&Ds in the industry. Yeah, Maplewood had their too. Yeah, Mer- yeah. Mercenary. Yeah, Mercenary. Was their original. Oh, Everybody's right. got I was going to be Highwire. Shout out to Adam, Adam, and Rob. We were going to be Old Bulldog Brewing. Old See? Bulldog. You, same with you. Did you guys but have you a different name first? We had our Bulldog. Dog, we are Bulldog. Dog. Beer company. What was Casa Humility going to be? We had Auxiliary Brewing. Oh, okay. really? Yeah, yeah. Terrible. And we, oh, we had it trademarked. So we had it much everything. <laughs> and then this earlier this year, we're like, it just doesn't work for what we're trying to do. You chose wisely. <laughs> yeah, the name so. with yeah. your with you had a nice sexy voice too. I mean, come on, that's, that's a winner right there. So mil- yeah, yeah you say it in like a really nice, <laughs> way deep better. voice. Uh-huh. It's pleasant. That's way better. <laughs> yeah, we like it. Auxiliary was cool. Well, good. Though. I yeah, hope yeah, so. yeah, yeah, <laughs> now it's not. I mean, auxiliary is fine. Don't get me it's wrong. A it's a great name. beer name. It's a good name. Cast humility is so it's much better. better. Yeah. It's too expected. Yeah. Too, all that money, all that money we spent on our lawyer. How expected. <laughs> lawyers don't give me yeah, how, ex- how expensive is that name? Yeah. <laughs> Except for Ashley Brandt. Shout out. Yeah, Hello. seriously. <laughs> First Hi, shout Ashley. out of the night. Let's go. <laughs> all right. So 
So let's start. Let's start with you. Uh, how about, Are we starting how about, the podcast now? No, no, no. Let's <laughs> start this thing now. No, one, no. one hour Look, in. I like to tickle the balls a little bit first before <laughs> Ooh, we, uh, hey. we uh, before we Keep get it. into like the the Keep the backstory. So like 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 where where did you guys come? Where did Bulldog come from? So I, I've I've gotten the privilege of hearing Dan's life story. So now I want to hear from you guys. Dan, get me a beer. Sorry. Um. Yeah, so uh, Bulldog started. Uh, so it's it's myself and my husband Jerome, um, who hi, Jerome. will be hi Jerome, um, who is currently hi, baby. Uh, taking care of of little one over there. Um, so we started as home brewers. I feel like a lot of most breweries most breweries do. Um, we basically started home brewing. Um, and then sort of long story shorting this, but it's, I feel like it's not important information, but I feel like it's necessary. So Jerome and I are actually supposed to move to Oregon about six months after we started dating. Um, and we went to, we decided to, to not, the opportunity actually ended up falling through, which is great because neither one of us really wanted to move, leave Chicago. Yeah, because fuck Portland, Um, Because, I mean, it wasn't even Portland. (laughs) It was like, keep it weird. It was like two hours, like, south of Portland. So it was like just north of the California border. It would have been absolutely beautiful. The place we would have lived would have been amazing. But... We're both city people, and like yeah. where we're gonna go wasn't like just it. It was it was fine, but we're both really happy we stayed. Um, that all being said, so we we're supposed to move to Oregon, and um, the night that we decided to leave, the night we decided to to stay in Chicago, um, we went to this restaurant that was on Irving Park. It is recently it is is sen- since then closed. Um, but we brought a few of our homebrews in for the beer buyer to try at the restaurant. Um, sorry, I'm having a really hard time with this mic. I like don't really know where it's supposed to go. No, you're making it happen one way or another. Um, sorry. So we brought in a couple of our homebrews, and she was like, "This is fantastic. I would love to have your beer in here. How can we make that happen?" And we're like, "Well, we we're homebrewers. You can't. That's." Very illegal. Um, We'd love to, but it's super illegal. And she was like, great, go through the licensing, and we're actually going to have your your tap room and your brew space be here. Like, we want want you to brew for us. Oh, wow. We're like, that is... Wow. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um, So we go through all the paperwork. We get licensed. We get our LLC all that and when it came the time for what we thought that meant was they were going to buy the equipment and they were going to invest into us they were like no 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 that's you guys that's on it. you and we're like no 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 maybe we weren't clear but I thought that you said that you wanted us to come in and you were going to take this on um, so with that there was just a there was just wasn't enough communication with it mm-hmm. um we both collectively decided to sort of part ways, um, and we moved into. Um, we were all doing an alternative proprietorship with another brewery. Um, since we already had our license, and at that point, we were like, "Let's just see sort of where this goes." Um, so we were brewing. We had one. So to to put everything into perspective about how much we have grown over the past year. For the first two years that we had a license, a beer license, we just celebrated our three-year anniversary. The first two years that we had a beer license, 
we had one single fermenter, which was a seven-barrel fermenter. Oh, Jesus Christ. If we had a beer that we were super, super confident in, then we would brew it on our large scale. And for anyone who, you guys obviously can't see me, but I'm doing bunny ears around that. They already knew. They could hear it in your voice. <laughs> uh -huh. Large scale. Uh, we would do that as a seven-barrel. So something that we were really confident in, you know, Kiss, which was originally going to be our flagship. That was our Citra Hop Saison. Uh, Divinations, our coffee milk stout, which we are, we still have it on tap here, but sadly in cans we are completely sold out, unless we can find it in a store. Something that we, it was a tried and true recipe. Then we would brew it on our seven barrel system because then we knew that, you know, that we would make enough of for people to have and sell. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, everything was still just on our homebrew scale at home. So, you know, we sort of decided, we realized we needed to grow a lot more in order to make it in this business. You know, putting out one beer at a time doesn't, it doesn't, it's, it's fine, but it's not going to keep your business afloat. It's not, yeah. that's not gonna work. Um, you know, we would sell out of a beer, it and like then we would- smells like a smoker in here, right? It does smell like a smoker in <laughs> they here. They got it under it control. smells fantastic. Um, so we decided we needed to move into a different space, and we actually reached out to Christian, who's one of the brewers on the brew team, and he was like, I actually have this awesome, uh, we have this really exciting stuff going on. Um, if you guys are interested, please let me know. And that's how we became involved in the brew yards. So to put that all into perspective, now when we have a recipe that we're like, we're not sure if this is gonna be any good, let's do it as an experimental batch, we now do that as a seven barrel batch, which is absolutely hey, hey John, insane. Like, yeah, hey John, <laughs> I have this, this super boy? weird recipe. Let's brew seven barrels of it and just sort of see what happens. When before brewing seven barrels of something was weird, we are confident in this recipe and we know this is going to be great and we know this is going to sell. So it's really, really freaking cool. I mean, we've, <laughs> our, I think this year, in just Who's a Hazy Boy, which is our flagship hazy IPA, we've brewed more of that in five months than we brewed for every single beer that we made all of 2018. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's yeah, we exactly brewed, perspective. Yeah. Orders of magnitude. Yeah. We brewed eight, right? uh, over 80 barrels of Who's a Hazy Boy just yeah. this year alone, yeah. whereas last year we brewed 76 barrels of beer totally. in yeah. general. <laughs> That's bananas. It's got to be a change. <laughs> Yay, growth. Yeah, yeah, yeah seriously. Right? Exponential growth. It's the name of American business, right? Well, Mr. Saller, do you want to jump on there and talk a little bit about Burnt City and where y'all coming from? You got to pop it off there, pop it off. What's up to you, bro? You know, like everybody else, back in 2012, we planned to open a brew pub, then grow into a production facility, become a regional brewery selling 30,000 barrels a year to Illinois and neighboring states, and then uh, 170 other people had the same idea in <laughs> Chicago. Um, yep. And so this really lets us this new model really lets us uh step away from that distribution focused model we still do distribute quite a bit of beer uh relatively few brands pterodactyl death screen yeah. oh yeah oh yeah that'll be coming out in march i think um but this lets us uh 
do a lot of small batches, uh, can very small runs, sell it directly to consumers. Um, also, one thing, you know, the fact that we have that all four breweries are sort of doing their own distribution really is what that that that's key to being able to maintain a tap room that has 40 handles and keep the beer fresh yeah. you know because we couldn't burnt city could not distribute nearly enough beer and enough variety to move through those beers fast enough yeah, right, to keep right. more than maybe 10 or 12 handles going but with four breweries each doing their own distribution we can really cycle through them and make sure that you know our IPAs are never more than a couple months old most of our seven barrel batches only last six weeks uh, unless they're particularly strong dark and expensive and then they last longer but that's by design Um, what was the question no, <laughs> there was no question. That's the trick. Um, no, I mean you. You kind of nutshelled me on the on the whole, uh, you know, history of uh, of Burn City. I mean, there's got to be some stuff that happened in between uh, the big idea and coming to the district. The advantages of district three yard are fairly clear, but uh, but like, what got you and uh, I mean, I'm guessing you and Ben are brothers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like, what 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 he got you? Happened to have the same last. Yeah. Week. We actually met a guy last night. Uh, who is a seller? We were at a bar for a show, and Ben opened a tab, and then um, somebody else came over to Ben and was like, "The bartender just said like you're the only seller he's ever seen before. Like he didn't know there were other sellers." Um, and then I opened a tab just to weird him out. Um, and then eventually he did now. come over, and it was no, it was really like it was like a family reunion. We almost invited him to Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, did you figure out if you're related? No, I mean he's from east, and we're from west, not east? or not east. Uh, we're from <laughs> west of here. Uh, so no, we didn't figure out whether we're related but it was weird because the only other seller i'm aware of is the guy who invented the truck nuts and i don't really want to really like, he's a truck the truck i don't really want to uh he's not oh. i don't think we're related yeah yeah uh, yeah that 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 one Hitch real classy um, <laughs> but yeah I don't. so classy i love it yeah well i heard ben nice er- i heard ben earlier saying that he's a very reserved and conservative person and that he likes things to be just so <laughs> so I mean obviously that's part of the salar crest yeah mm-hmm. yeah 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 it's just it's just truck nuts <laughs> just truck on the nuts. family crest you know <laughs> but like well drawn well whatever, drawn whatever makes you money maybe some fuzzy dice you know, whatever knows? makes you money yeah. do they have veins oh they're veiny <laughs> oh, I don't know I just no, told no, you I'm not them. that fucking salar I've seen them pretty veiny now that I don't care about beer anymore I want to talk about truck nuts <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. How did we get here? So, so I mean, like, what did you guys go through once you, you know, you, you mentioned the stuff about the the two the two spaces you guys were, were a part of, like, like what was what was your brew life like? You know, your your kind of beer world like up until this point, you know, the district brew yards. Uh, our sorry, our beer life. Yeah, your beer life. Well, mm-hmm. so okay, I guess one thing having the the large production facility on the south side really did us more into the model of large releases that you have to support and try to get into a bunch of different places and move through pretty quickly. Um, 
we we've actually pulled back from other states just because we found that the beer was only getting stale there. Um, I don't know. It just it lets us be much more local. That's great. Um, as far as our like actual lives go, um, I was commuting sometimes as much as two hours a day uh, to a windowless box where <laughs> the rain came in and the rats were the size of pit bulls. Um, that's Bulldogs, not an exaggeration. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a, a potato slight, chip factory. A slight so. exaggeration. Jays, baby. Uh, your, that's your story. Cash, cachet there. <laughs> but, but yeah, now, now I, I sold my car. I take the train to work. Uh, the sunlight comes in. The rain stays out. There are no rats. Uh, Life it's is great. Good. Yeah. Central air. Central <laughs> air. Uh-huh. Eating. So, I mean, well, in your guys' timeline, too, you talked about with Burn City and, like, the, the timeline that you spoke about. It was like, like, how has that transition in beer affected you guys? I mean, because that, that was a weird time. It was, like you said, everybody kind of came up with those ideas around that ballpark of time. Like, at 2012, 2013, 2014, there was not that many breweries. I mean, was, there's plenty. There's plenty. But, like, now mm. it's just at some astronomical number, you know? Yeah, and I wouldn't say that we've, like... I don't think we're done adapting to a rapidly changing market. I think that's just sort of the way things are going to go for a little while. Um, I do think, I mean, we have to have stabilized at least somewhat. Uh, and, and I think we've also put ourselves in a good position to lead rather than follow. Uh, so, so all of that is good. I think, can I just jump in for a quick yeah. second? I think in five years, we're all going to look back at this period right now and go, that was survival mode time. Whoever comes out in the next four or five years with a strong, stable business, because not everyone's going to, I think people are going to look back and go, that was that was the fighting time. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, it, it's, it's such silly numbers right now. 8,000 breweries in this country, it, not everyone's going to make it. But That's a lot of... Thousands. A lot yeah. of people who started after us were, were building to do what, what the reasonable thing is now, which is to be right. a very local neighborhood right. brewery, yeah. whereas Nano. we were br- right. building to be a regional brewery because we were the 12th brewery in Chicago. That was kind of what I was yeah. trying to get at yeah. with your timeline, was that it, it, it was like a different model you were shooting for, and then totally. people started shooting for that model, getting that ball rolling, and then all of a sudden, everything just fucking flipped. So yeah. it, just, you know, it just changed so fast. It's like, why are we trying to push into these regional markets? You're talking about your beer getting stale, you know, in different states. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So now... The timing I mean, was wrong. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and, and thankfully, we had the, uh, the resources and the management and the, you know, luck and or skill to adjust on the fly. Uh, but... I, I do think that's not a problem. I think you'd have to be crazy to be starting a brewery today and think you're going to be a regional brewery in the model of Bells or, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, or at this point even, you know, even like, I don't know, uh, Half Acre or somebody who's had a ton of success locally but, but, but probably is not going to be a Bells or Founders or anything like that. Yeah. Unless you're named Casa Humility. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, when, 
when we started brewing in 2015, we were actually on that path where we wanted to be more local. We didn't want to, our plan wasn't to grow something big and expand and hit other markets. And that's kind of where we're still at today. We, we want to grow here. And if some of our beers can get out of here and do well, then... Fly into the world. Yeah, yeah, then, then great. But that's not part of the, the plan for, for us. Yeah. And Jose, like, how, I mean, I know you're saying that, you know, you're not a rookie. You've been brewing since 2015, whatever. You've, you've been doing this professionally in some manner. But, like, how important is it for you to have, like, this group here to go to? I mean, you have Dan's experience. You have Jerome and, and Sherry. Every, and you got Ben and, and John. Like, you have all these people to, like, kind of lean on once you get in here. So it's like, what, what has that been like for you? It's been amazing. Like, uh, advice on sales, advice uh even with brewing, like uh, just today, uh, uh, Ben uh, from Burn City hit us up on a certain recipe we were working on. And since our recipes, we develop them at, at home still. So we're doing half barrel batches. So it's not the same efficiency as what's getting brewed here. So one beer we're working on, he's like, I think it might be a, a little too bitter on, on our system versus yours. So it's, it's been helpful with tips like that. Like they catch something and they're not trying to like butt in or trying to say, oh, you're doing something wrong. It's just advice. Like we know our brewing system, what we do our pilot batches on, and he knows his system. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's super helpful. Yeah. One thing like just sparked from what Jose just said, was this place, to make it work, to make the, the brew staff and the breweries and everybody kind of vibe together, what I'm feeling like initially is like there's got to be brutal fucking honesty going yeah, around in totally. these, when you guys are meeting. <laughs> totally, yeah. When like let's say for example Ben and John are heading up the the brew house and all three you know three or four breweries got a beer they want to get into the rotation whatever this week and that it, do you guys have like these team meetings where everybody's involved and you're talking about they like there's got to be brutal fucking honesty about the quality of these beers the ingredients needed for them yeah. obviously like you said the system sizes i always hear that from breweries about scaling certain things up it's like well well the, you know these bags are this many pounds so it's like this you're gonna need to use your grain this way to make it the most you know efficient way whatever so there's so, so much of that so what is that the, like those the, conversations so, yeah so we have um every single week so we have a marketing meeting that we have every single Monday and then we have a production meeting that happens every single Tuesday Um, and that's just going over sort of marketing wise events wise what's happening for the week but then the production meeting is literally just what needs to be brewed when any and I'm I'm sorry Dan I'm gonna actually pass so I'm gonna actually tag Jerome in so that he can continue this but um i've never actually once attended a production meeting because we have them every single week unless we cancel them let's bring that baby in (laughs) bring the baby in he's gonna talk talk. so much it's about to happen to your point slash question the best metaphor that i've found for it is it's it's really like being roommates there's there's (laughs) nothing i've come close to finding it different because you have you have to be respectful of each other to have a successful relationship as roommates but at a certain point if somebody's leaving their towel on the floor all the time you gotta fucking have the conversation right you know so it's it's like that right like, bro bro yeah. come on come on we nobody wants to see your tidy whities down there right um and it and honestly there have been very few like, i can't think of hardly any of those kinds of like 
conversations. It's much more of the, oh, hey, you know, you ran out of peanut butter, use mine conversations instead, right? It's it's much more... So um, sweet. So sweet of you guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and honestly, being in the brewing district, there's that too. And that happens writ large in Chicago brewing, you know, with the listserv and everybody, oh, I'm short, you know, you know, 25 pounds of lactose. Anybody got any? And bam, Wait, in you three guys seconds. lactose and beer? Sounds terrible. Do a milk stout. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's nice having neighbors so close, like to go borrow a cup of sugar. But it's that kind, more that kind milk of relationship. Sugar. And, you know, uh-huh. and, and, and even, you know, when the when Casa Humilde's wall was the fourth wall, we, we talked to a bunch of different players who were interested in that. And it was really like picking a roommate. Who do we want to, you know, cohabitate with? We gotta, we gotta be vibing on not only just their beer, but the people as well, and make sure we're gonna, you know, make this thing go. And so, the learning from each other thing is great. Um, sharing of knowledge and experience, and yet all respecting each other and what we're doing to not just straight up rip somebody off, right? And to know that you know we each have our own. I mean, it helps that we have, as I think John said earlier, you know, this notion of being able to taste 10 beers six months from now and being able to pick out which came from which. It's because everyone has their own perspective on craft beer and what we're trying to do. But there's just, uh, you know, the shared knowledge base. The, hey, have you ever encountered this problem, whether it's in the brew house or whether it's out in the market and sales or what have you? Yeah. Or have you ever used this ingredient or what method yeah. did you use to infuse certain... Yeah. Tips and tricks beer. that yeah. brewers share with each other yeah. all the time, even if they're in different locations. But here, we get to just, you know, talk about it when we see each other in the hallways. But, yeah, then, but then Ben and I also have to be the bad news people where it's like, <laughs> well, so the thing is that, like, the glycol yeah. solenoid broke. And so we managed to get the scissor lift in to get up to take it apart. Uh, but then we backed it up because we were trying to clean that tank and then the scissor lift broke and it won't go forward anymore. So we need to get the scissor lift guy in here to fix the scissor lift and then we need to get the glycol guy in here to fix the solenoid so we don't have a tank. Hashtag so we're pushing life. back yeah, your brew <laughs> three so days. Uh, but it never happened. Yeah, no, but, no. But I, need, like, but I need it in three weeks. But I need yeah. it, right, right, right. <laughs> So give me my beer, motherfucker! Oh Jesus, you're really testing the levels, aren't you? <laughs> Wait, can we cuss? Oh yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. There's been a lot of it. Who are you? Oh hey, I'm Jerome <laughs> yeah. from. That's uh, the best intro I could have <laughs> asked for, right there. Hey, good. who are you? Uh, I'm Jerome from Bulldog Beer Company. Like I've been watching creepily from the corner with a baby tied to me, and now I want to talk. <laughs> yeah, God, nobody's gonna understand that reference. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so to. Uh, Introduce myself a little more. Whereas uh, Sherry is the brains and the brawn of Bulldog Beer Company, I am the beauty. Obviously. Um, oh Jesus! Yeah, obviously, she'll listen to that later. <laughs> she uh-huh. will. That's a little. That's a little Easter egg for her. Yep. Good luck with Christmas. <laughs> well, we. She's Jewish, so we <laughs> celebrate Hanukkah All and Christmas. Damn. <laughs> That's like a total... Yeah, he's like, no, let's keep Jerome on. <laughs> I was like, no, you keep yeah. the mic. This is more fun. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Right. I'm ruining take, everything. Keep it on. Take go it Billy off. Joel style with it. So, yeah. Uh, so, what did I miss? Sorry. You missed, like, uh, you know, just some stuff. We talked about some stuff. We just talked about the coming together of the Infinity Stones that is, is District Brewery Yards. Oh, I did say that, didn't I? 
Well, you, you know what? You sip your thirteen percent barrel aged rye <laughs> barley wine over there. Uh, let's let's talk to let's talk to the new guy, right, Jose? I mean, we we got you to speak a little bit over here. Now, now we want to hear. I want to hear a little more about your story because I know personally just because I met you recently um, before this, but uh, you you were with Hopewell for a while. I was. So what um, was what was your brewing uh, your brewing beer path? So I was with Hopewell for a little bit over a year. Uh, with them, I was just helping out with uh, distribution, warehousing of the beers, uh, but. When I started brewing was about 2015. Um, just I had a somewhat of a local music career where I had a band for about eight years. Had a small recording studio. Would kind of do that after work. Kind Let's of talk both more about that. What was going time. on there? What kind of stuff were you rocking, bro? Uh, so I played saxophone. It was a Mexican band. Okay. So I played saxophone. I managed the band. Got all the gigs, all the contracts, all the fun stuff. Uh, then and I played the saxophone. And I played the saxophone. That's hot stuff. This yep. is all new information to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that either. Yeah, so... See? See? We're all learning here, get guys. to know our roommate. Yeah. So I, I was big on music. Still am. But um, I was kind of done with it already. And I was either going to become like a chef or a cook or something with food. Because I've worked in the food industry for about since I was about 19, 20 years old. So I was always into food, and then, but I was always into craft beer. So I'm like, it's either a chef or learn how to brew. Yeah, so I told my brother Javier, who's uh, my partner in this, like, you want to invest? At that time, I thought 600 bucks, we can get everything for stovetop. Just, that's right. You know, that's good. That yeah. math adds up. 600 bucks, yeah, yeah stovetop. Yeah. And then um, we're like, ah, this could be something we can do. Uh, on a larger scale eventually so yeah that turned into um like half barrel stainless steel conical fermenter so we got four of those guys uh glycol tiller to control everything uh the what we brew with is a, a braumeister so it's a german piece of equipment all digital all controlled all in one you guys and went fancy on your oh we, we went Holy in shit. yeah we went in so the plan was if we're if we're gonna do it eventually, we want to be able to to um, get those recipes on a larger scale as easy as possible. And so, so yeah, so we had a mini brewery at home, which we still use, which still works perfect to this day. It's where we develop our recipes in, and then we bring them here. Those are those those cute times to look back on when you had time to do pilot batches. And, oh, uh, yeah. So. And, and, Test things. So our, our our first batch, we actually had to throw out about thirty pounds of grain. Oh, so geez. we put one of the filters on backwards, <laughs> and just everything started coming out the wrong way. Of course. So we're like, oh yeah, we're off to a good start. <laughs> yeah, like, no, no, we'll still do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, let's keep right. it up. Yeah, yeah. What was the timeline like? What, what was that like? How fast did you guys think? All right, we could do this. Like, so we batch two. started uh, probably six yeah. months into. Um, trademark or, or into brewing we started looking for names to trademark so we probably started trademarking with the previous name we had auxiliary brewing maybe 2016 yeah so we paid the lawyer went through so many names back and forth back and forth and we we liked the name at, at that point it's a good name we were into music kind of makes sense but then as we started brewing more and kind of coming into like our identity with what we actually want to do with beer and the more and more we brewed beers that we like the less and less that name made sense okay yeah so so this year 
that's when we decided to change the name. It's something that kind of reflects us, our culture, our heritage, our family, and Casa Humilde, which means Humble House, kind of did that for us. Where does that come from, though? Like, what's the, besides just your family and your Mexican heritage, what's, what, what made Casa Humilde the right name for you? So it, it, is, it is our family, mostly our, our parents. We were always raised to always be humble like if if or we were raised if if we came home or if we were coming home and someone was bringing food we would always call each other and say hey did you guys eat i'm bringing this you want anything or if anyone would come over everyone was always welcome that was part of uh, our our grandma's uh, the way she she lived her life too so everyone's always welcomed we're not better than you or better than this person because because we have this or that we were always just taught to just get along with people and share what we have. It's so cool. Yeah, so so it just it, it made we made that connection and it just made sense. Yeah. Say it say it real sexy in the mic. Come on, say it. See, that's it right there. Yeah, that's all you need, guys. That's so gonna you bring did, the people you did in. Your first homebrew batch in 2015. The first beer we did, which one was it? No. Oh, that, that's no, when you yeah, did it? 20, the, yeah, end of 2015. 1995. 95, wow. <laughs> yeah. Danny boy, 95. What was the first beer you did? It was um, a completely mediocre amber ale out of a kit from the James Page Brewing Company in St. Paul, Minnesota. I was in college at the University of Minnesota. Drove just over from the Twin Cities campus just across the Mississippi River over to St. Paul. I don't even remember how, how I found, Somebody said something about homebrewing. Like, what do you mean? You can make beer at home. What the mm-hmm. fuck are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, yeah, James Page, they've got these kits over there. And I was like, and I was into, it's funny you mentioned food earlier. Yeah. Because that's kind of how I got into it too. I like to cook. And, you know, this guy was talking about homebrewing, which is a new term to me back then. Like, yeah, you know, I just cook it up on the stove. It's like cooking. Yeah. yeah. I like beer. I like cooking. Yeah. Let me give that a Let's try. Let's give it a shot. <laughs> and it turned out so completely average, but, you know, it's pretty good. Passable, like yeah, it's drinkable. Good. And, you know, in terms of, you know, when I was tasting, I'm like, this is, you know, it's okay, you know. But that was back when, you know, if you could find Killian's Red at the bar, you, you were the yeah, good plus red, right, you know. Yeah. And I started giving that first batch to friends, and they're like, you made this? Oh, my God, you know? And it's like this completely average, not that great product, right? And being the attention whore that I am, I was just like, well. No doubt about it. Now we get to the crux of it. If they liked that, maybe I should do another one. Second one didn't turn out so good. It was a raspberry Even worse. Okay. Raspberry ale with some extract in it. Okay. And when I went to bottle it, you know, we're you know it's bottle conditions. So I'm using corn sugar to prime and develop carbonation in the bottle. And I'm like, raspberry should be kind of sweet, right? I'll put a little extra corn sugar in. No, oh, Jesus <laughs> Not understanding a thing about the chemistry of what I was doing, and so I'm sitting in the uh, shared a house with five guys. My 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 second senior year in college. <laughs> and um, the burger joint. <laughs> no, you said you shared it with five guys. Hey, uh, guys, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're sitting in the living room, and I had brewed this batch and put it up in bottles, and was sitting in my bedroom. And all of a sudden, we're in the living room, and we're just it sounded like machine gun fire, honestly. And I went back into my room, and there's just 
beer and glass all over the wall. Oh. Breaking Bad, right? Isn't that a scene terrible. from Breaking Bad? <laughs> where Hank goes out Schrader in the garage. Brow. Yeah, Schrader Brow's popping in the garage. He's got his gun drawn and his tidy whities <laughs> yeah. yeah. Never seen that show. No, that's a shame. I know. I feel like we may have talked about this on the podcast previously. We should go on. back and listen and to I that. Bet, I bet this, Can you boot the, that up? I bet this is almost like word for word right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're that. Like, I've never seen it. I, like, I feel bad for you. Oh, <laughs> Feel bad for your soul. I only have six stories, Joe. So. That's all right, man. You keep wrapping them out there. <laughs> so, I mean, I I had a kind of similar experience to Dan a few years later. Uh, I was in college in Portland, and my friend Van from Wisconsin, uh, you know, showed me that homebrew could happen. But he did it by asking me to babysit a car boy over like spring break and I did this in my office where it was 85 (laughs) degrees and it just it it was awful like the the, the beer did not turn out Uh, but then after (laughs) seriously no that's going to revolutionize home brewing that's a a, a, a separate topic of conversation but uh, it really will because it allows you to brew good beers without temperature control which mm. is always the problem yeah. um, but then after four years in Portland I came back to Chicago this was 2003 uh, and, I, and, and, and yeah like Dan said the best beers you could get here you could get like Berghoff you could, you could get I mean Honkers was awesome but um, but Berghoff, Honkers, Lining, Kugel, that's all you could get. And I was like, well, shit, okay, I'm going to make my own beer. I want some fucking old crustacean uh, or whatever, uh, Black Butte Porter, Old Rasputin, um, all of those things you could get out on the West Coast there. Um, And so I I bought, uh, I did not directly go out and spend a bunch of money on homebrewing equipment. I I first bought a copy of The Joy of Home Brewing, is that the name of it? And then I read it cover to cover, and then I went out and dropped like two or three hundred dollars on homebrew equipment, and I was broke back then. The jobs that I had at this point, I was a referee in a beer league softball thing, (laughs) and I found a job through the internet where I had to take the brown line to every stop from beginning to end and find the closest building with an address and write it down. What? Somebody paid me to do that for some <laughs> reason. That sounds sexual. Um, that sounds weird. But then, yeah, yeah but then... Yeah, did you write uh, it down? Yeah. I wrote it down uh, Yeah, and I, I, and I sent it to them. <laughs> Casa Humilde. <laughs> Casa Humilde. <laughs> um, now that sounds uh, sexual. <laughs> Casa uh, what was that? Uh, Heavenly I, I, Bodies I, I, commercial? Oh, that's, that's, what, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Heavenly Bodies. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I got distracted. Um, anyway. Yeah. Brewing at home. Things blew up. Beers were made. Some Those of them had ruined. Some of them had weed in them. Uh, okay. As one does. As I'm going to pass it off to Ben now because he's here. He's so going to have to get really close to you because that mic's probably not going to crawl over there. No, they're going to move. They're going to do like a little, this was like a tag I, thing. I have a question. Jerome, uh, Jerome, question, sir. Did Who didn't make a brown ale for their first homebrew batch? Red ale, right? I thought you the said. Amber. Oh. Amber. It's kind of brownish. Yeah. It's brown. Amber. It's, it's brown. amber. It's Downtown brown town. 
Now, our first one was uh, beef broth, which was a brown ale that came from a kit. Oh, nice. uh, I'm sure Sherry mentioned that our first bulldog's name was Beefy, but nope. Hey, nope, Ben, how are you doing? That. No shame in kits. Hi, everyone. I'm Hi, doing ben. okay. How's how you doing, Ben? Good, good. You've been watching patiently? Yeah. Steadily? Just waiting my turn. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we barely heard from Jerome yet. We we tagged him in. We haven't heard uh, too much from him yet. Let's oh, he'll talk. I don't yeah. have much to say. You, oh, that's that seems like horseshit <laughs> to me. But, uh, uh, I mean, I've been called out on being too opinionated, so there's uh, nothing wrong with that. That's what podcasts are for. Well, when it costs you a couple hundred bucks because an account's like, you know what? I heard this thing that he said. I'm not buying his beer anymore. Interesting. That's yeah. that's an odd account. Uh, yeah, I don't know what happened or what in in specific that it was uh, in in reference to, but uh, our sales rep went to an account and then uh, I was ready to deliver. And as I was loading up the car, she texts me and she's like, "Oh, by the way, they're canceling their order." And I go, "Why?" And she said, "Well, the buyer thinks you're too opinionated." And I go, "About what?" And she's like, "He wouldn't say." So, I don't oh, know. <laughs> just like a random thing. Just like opinionated about nothing. I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of that. I <laughs> think I know what it's about, but okay. I, did, I mean, my speculation, who knows? It's honestly. For <laughs> it's for shit. Yeah. But, oh. yeah, what do you, uh, What contra- controversial opinion do you want me to talk about? Nothing. <laughs> no, I just, I just want to talk to you. That's all. Oh, yeah. Um, so, okay, so we, wait, all right, this is for, for everybody, but I, I also kind of dipped into Jose's time when he was talking about about his kind of come up in his in his 2015 start and that so when and you guys can all be a part of this too like I know we talked about the roommates thing uh Jerome you missed that it was kind of like they were just saying like we're all like roommates basically kind of you know you got to figure out how to how to get along and and make sure everybody's truthful and honest with everybody when you're meeting but like how did the conversation start about Costume Mill Day being a part of the fold well like, how did you even know, Jose, like, so that, that I, it was an option? For I you? didn't know this was happening. So when I was at Hopewell, we purchased some equipment a couple years ago that's in storage right now, just doing nothing. <laughs> um, so, and I was looking for a new place to store it. Um, and um, Jonathan at Hopewell told me about uh, Burn City. And I know they had the big place on the south side, um, the old potato chip factory. So he connected me in a been through email and we i sent him an email he said they got rid of it they're doing this then i think it was maybe what maybe a month later where i hit him up and i'm like we're interested we want to check out what's going on so we making me nervous yeah (laughs) so we came in here and we're like they told us the concept everything that's happening and uh, they told us three breweries were in fourth wall was uh, guest tabs collaborations all that stuff so we're like, all right, we're kind of interested. So I think it was August of, uh, yeah, August, we did our first two beers here, which was um, Nopali, our prickly pear farmhouse sale, and Maisal, our Mexican lager that we do with corn. So we did those two kind of like to test the waters. We all got along. It was their pledge period. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's exactly <laughs> what it was. So how long had District Briards been swinging before April. middle of happened. April we started? So and then August, by August. Yeah. Yeah, so we did those two beers, kind of at the very last minute decided to do on social media a small little kind of launch event, and uh, it went well, the beer sold well, we were 
extremely happy with the quality, how everything was being made. So we're like, all right, this is something we can, we can do. And we started talking a little more serious, um, how we can get in here. And uh, we launched November 1st here okay. on the wall. Yeah. November 1st. Yeah, Ooh. so we're about six weeks, six, seven weeks in. Damn. Yeah, we're, we're, we're babies. <laughs> and spitting out cans. And he's, <laughs> he's downplaying it. When he says we launched November 1st, they threw a wingding in this joint. A wingding? What's a oh wingding, Dan? God. It's they a font. Had, is that an old term, uh, an old term <laughs> reference? <laughs> old world? It's an old blues reference. Ah, it's a wingding. Yeah. Also a font. Oh, yeah. It is. It is a font. Just to be yeah, clear. Yeah. But you guys had... A d- uh, you had the um, there was Norteño a, band. Yeah, we had a Norteño. We had, had a Mariachi. A mariachi. Sounds better when he says yeah, that. Yeah, we had. <laughs> well, because I said I'm a green yeah. so, I can't. So we had a folkloric, uh, Mexican folklore, folkloric dance group. Uh, we had a DJ. We, I think the we did. DJ a, we played in between sets yeah. of the live music. It was nuts. Yeah. It was awesome. We had a special in the kitchen where we did um, barbacoa recipe oh, from uh, myself and my mom's and. We just Those tacos want, are coming back. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah we're working on it. Again. Yeah. It's coming back. Yeah, we're yeah. working on it. But yeah, it was a it was a hell of a time. What you just described yeah. actually sounds like a like a wing game. I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it on that. Yeah, one. but it was a great was. great launch event. Um, everyone had a good time. We had a lot of people in here. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, yeah. 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 to butts, huh? I think we had so much people. Like I had to hide a few times. Like, try to escape from people like it was just uh, that's what the brewery is for yeah exactly yeah <laughs> kind of a little getaway yeah. yeah there is a secret brewer's lounge <laughs> yeah if there's one thing i've learned about little brewer, used brewers uh, over the years now it's been uh, they're not very good with taking praise and compliment at all so so if you had a shit ton of people in here and everybody wants to compliment you i could see why you'd want to go hide You're like all right i can't do this like, yeah it, it feels good to hear it i'm sure then i'm guessing you can attest to that you probably don't feel comfortable when everybody's like dude your beer's fucking sick dude i love yeah. that haze bro <laughs> i mean i don't I, I don't have to put up with uh 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 you know crazy situations like that all that often but yeah i i'm genetically uh predisposed to handling compliments very poorly <laughs> <laughs> that's well said the best way to put it casa humilde for everybody humilde. everybody's humil- humilde Everybody's humilde. very humilde. Yes. Well, our hashtag is actually stay humilde. See? Just stay exactly. humble. Yeah. The kids love hashtags. Yeah. They do. Don't they? It's kids yeah. and their hashtags. We do it. <laughs> no, we don't do it. You guys ever looked up a hashtag? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, you ever looked up a hashtag? Just like followed one or like? Yes. Like, like looked or just like, say, like Googled oh. like, what is a hashtag? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not like, sure what you're I'm asking. Following. What people my age do. <laughs> I'm not sure how you were asking that. No, I mean like you go like, uh, I want to see if this thing's trending. I'm going to go see a hashtag. I've never in my life done like, that. Like follow a hashtag? Yeah. yeah. See, this is, I use that. that well, phrase. I discovered last I year follow, or this year know. on Instagram that people follow hashtags on Instagram. Oh, for sure. I didn't know that. Instagram tells me that all the time. When people I go to type weird. something in, they're like, this person follows that hashtag. Yeah. I'm like, dang. Why? What's they're serious it? about hashtag yeah. cats and suits. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. So I'm just going to say what's funny for Bulldog is uh, if you do follow our social media, our thing is hashtag shotgun day where we shotgun one of our tall boys every Sunday. So if you actually look at the hashtag Shotgun Day, it's literally us shotgunning beers and then people at the gun range. That's beautiful. <laughs> shotgun shotgun wow. Sunday. Yeah. Dan, you you seriously don't follow the, the whales? 
Hashtag. <laughs> yeah, dude. On Instagram. Seriously, don't. You're missing yeah. out. I bet. You don't follow. I'm gonna now, though. Uh, I would recommend. That's with a Z. Oh, of course. If, if, just, if, just making sure. I, I would have thought no less. If any of you are looking for a hashtag to follow, brew turds with turds. a Z. Is brew it like shelf turds? No, it's it's literal brewing pe- brewers no, showing the no, turd, the hot no. turds coming oh, out. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, the, the, it's the trub coming That's out of the what port. I you were yeah. going to say. It's beautiful hop turds. Nick from was... uh, Beguile does that all the time. Yeah, uh, I, got, I think Brando turned me on to that maybe over at Workforce. And Excellent. He's like, yeah, Excellent. He's like, you're welcome. Check out brew turds. Mm-hmm. There's some quality right. ones. Like, it makes you feel very much like number twos. You're just like, oh, yeah, I've had one like that before. So, I wish I would have known about this back when we were um, all propping out of the... Uh, old Ale Syndicate space, may it rest in peace. We used to do a beer uh, called Silk Road that had Gallon Gal in it, and we would add... I don't know what that is. Gallon Gal is uh, Thai ginger, essentially. Tide? Thai. Tide? Thai. The kids are from Thailand. Thai ginger. (laughs) And um, we would put it in the tank as a powder, and it would mix with the yeast that was dropping to the bottom of the conical. And that shit would come out so oh, thick. Yeah. I mean, thick. literally, we'd try to open it up. That would have been two C's. Turds. Two C's thick? Oh, at least. Maybe three. They were thick boys. <laughs> and girls. Yep. Here's a hashtag for you. <laughs> I don't even want to look at that one. What did you uh, What did you just pour for me, Dan? What's that's this, it's the haze, bro. What's that's the just haze? trials number four. Trials four. What's, mm-hmm. your, uh, what's your hop combo in that one? That is uh, a nice little blend of Mosaic, Simcoe, and Bravo. Okay. It's what we Bravo. put on the label. There's also we just... We lied. No. There, there's also just a little minuscule amount of uh, Columbus for a very strategic scientific reason. Okay. That goes in early in the Whirlpool. I've been delving deep into the hashtag science of... Oh, um, shit. Did of uh, hazy beers, and there's a lot of really, really interesting research around how different kinds of hops used at different points in time in the brew can actually create precursors that will like just, pick up just more. Whirlpool versus like knockout, like like what? Whirlpool versus like the dry hop. Yeah, or? well, a couple examples, right? One of, one of the theories is a lot of this is based on research that's been done with limited amounts of different types of hops, but it points towards. Um, the ability to extract more linalool, which is the oil type that produces the juicy tropical fruit, citrusy fruit flavors. And so some of the research points to using older, old school C-type hops in low quantities early, either late in the boil or early in the whirlpool, can actually create chemical precursors um, that will then allow you to extract more of that linalool from the new school Hops, you know the, the the galaxies, mosaics, you know any of the, the um, Australian or South American, South African hops, um, and you don't have to then use as you know great an amount of um, hop material to extract the same sort of you know levels of flavor. You know other things like just just changing when you use a hop in a brew, like. Um, they did a study where it showed if you use citra in your rural pool instead of your dry hop, you pick up more linalool, and it's the exact opposite if you're using Simcoe. So much so that when they did the Simcoe in the whirlpool, they only extracted 4% of linalool, but just by moving that to the dry hop, they were able to extract 85% of the total linalool available in Simcoe hops. Why in the dry hop versus the whirlpool? Not fully understood, but 
understanding those kinds of nuances and the ingredients you're working with are gonna, you know, it's, it's a whole new, you know, brave world out there for hazy beers and how we can do this stuff. So is that something you just kind of started digging into on your own, or is like, so so how does that get translated to, hey Ben, I want to try something. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, the, the translation of that is pretty easy because it's just sort of like, hey, I read this thing. I want to I experiment this. I want to try this. We talk about how we're going to do it, and, and we do it. Um, it's impossible. Yes. <laughs> impossible. That's, that's always the answer. The, it's impossible. To the first part of your question, though, um, I started digging into it because the, we, didn't, we did our first hazy in, in May of this year, and that's pretty late into the game as far as the hazies go they started really popping around here what would you say Joe two years ago yeah about two years about, about two years ago when the haze boys came out hard and at that point in time you know when I had my first locally made hazies you know no names or anything but the first few that I had I was like what is this hot garbage because it just had that that burn as it went down your throat. It always depended too. Like, what was your reference point? Exactly. What was what was your first one? Exactly. And then and then you're like, okay, then you can compare what's garbage and what's and, not. And like, then you I have a, a bar set. Yeah, exactly. And so then a few months later, I like got my hands on either like a Trillium or a, you know, I, I, you know, I don't remember what Something farmhouse known for quality. Whatever it was, yeah. You know. And I was like, holy shit, this is what these things can be. And that's when I started really trying to dig into how is it done right. Because clearly I had two examples on the extremes. One of how it's done wrong and one of how it's done right. And I didn't want to do one until we could kind of figure out on our own yeah. how it was done right. So it, it took a while. I had some really bad ones. Some really bad ones. Over the road. I was not excited about the category at first. Now I'm super into it. I can tell you that our first one was a complete and utter failure. So... Uh, I'll admit That's that... That's Old Dog Beer Company. Yeah, this is Jerome again. Uh, so the first one we did, I mean, it's, it's, it's partially true, but also like, you know, let's see what happens. But I never wanted to do a hazy IPA. I never, ever wanted to. I was very against it. I am more of a traditionalist when it comes to IPAs and... The first one we did, um, which we've we've tweaked the recipe, and I think it's become a great beer, but the first one we ever did was called Okay Fine, and that was because a lot of our accounts are like, hey, man, when are you going to do a hazy? 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 Yeah, wow. Okay, fine. You hear that everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So we did our first one, not really knowing the entire science of how you make a hazy a hazy. And again, I'm a traditionalist, so we put a little more malt into it than we do with our hazies now. And it was a great beer. Was it a New England? Not really at all. I mean, it was darker. Uh, It had a great hop aroma, great hop flavor. But when you compare that to what hazies are today, I mean, we missed. And I'll be the first one to admit that we missed. Um, So we went back to the drawing board and... Um, you know, I, one of the people I look up to a lot, especially in the Chicago area, is Roger, who was at the time was at Corridor and murdering it. it. His hazies were the best there were in Corridor. I, and really I, in the Chicagoland area. Yeah, I mean, let's all be honest here. He put Corridor on the map. OG squeeze it, and then he helped start the Forbidden Root one. I think before that too. Uh, yeah, he was at start Forbidden a little Root. Bit of yeah. their their uh, hazy game too early on. 
and you know Roger he's a, an amazing guy super nice um, he's one of my favorite people to talk to in the industry because he is so nice and he'll be the first one to be like you know, if I ask him, you know, what did we do wrong here? He'd be like, okay, well, it's your malt bill. You know, when did you add your hops? When did you do this? He will give you honest feedback, and he wants to help. And so some of the tips that he gave me is what we've, you know, uh, carried into the second batch of OK Fine that we did, which I love that beer. It's it's Galaxy, Nelson Sav, and then Mosaic, and... That beer did really, really well for us, especially when Brewyards first opened. But then we had this Who's a Hazy Boy come out, and it blew it out of the water. Like, if you go back and look at our sales from OK Fine, and then as soon as Hazy Boy hit, Hazy Boy just cannibalized OK Fine. Uh, we will still do it, but, um, I mean, it's one, it's one of those things, kind of like Dan was saying, you, you learn more and more as you go along, and I... I never considered myself to focus on hops, but, you know, the numbers speak for themselves. We've brewed more Hazy Boy in six months than we did all beers the entire year last year. Now, that she may have mentioned. That's that's crazy. (laughs) That's crazy, though. Again, I don't know what Sherry said because I was taking care of the baby. That little nugget right there that you just mentioned, the amount of that beer you brewed in one, you know. Six Eight, months. Ten months. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, anyways, I went on a tangent, and nope, here's that's Ben. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. So what about you, Ben? Did you have the same feelings as these guys? You were kind of like, I don't want to do that. Um, I did have a similar experience with Dan um, where the first hazies I tried were uh, repulsive, um, <laughs> and then an uh, uh, old friend of mine sent me some treehouse cans uh, from, uh, uh, you know, this was back... Uh, probably two years ago and I really uh, appreciated the balance and structure of those beers the lack of noticeable sediment in those beers and so I thought alright uh, well given that a lot of brewers that I respect are, are going all in on this it's definitely worth paying attention to we started um, we started brewing hazies at, at the Burn City Brew Pub uh, about you know, around that time, a couple years ago, and uh, I, 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 I'm a pretty stubborn dude um, in a lot of respects, and I have, I, I'm a little reserved when it comes to like just being like, "Hey, brewer buddy, how the hell do you do this?" <laughs> so like, yeah, you're, it's not easy for you to be like, "Dude, how do I fucking make?" But it's got to be like that natural conversation where it just, yeah, so it turns into just a conversation. So it, uh. You know, over time, I, I, I picked up some tips here and there. I studied up on the style, and um, we started figuring out, you know, that it's really a, a, about um, the yeast and, and hop combination and the timing of the dry hops more than it is, like... I still have conversations with people who uh, have, have, like, kind of traditionalist, reactionary uh, views on, on hazies, Um where I, I tell them we process our hazies for Burnt City no differently than we do any of our other beers in terms of the amount of conditioning time they get. There's no more residual yeast. There's no hot particulate in the hazies. Uh, I mean, we don't filter our beers here, so you know I'm not going to say that you would never, ever find a can with a tiny little piece of hop in it. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, the, the, the haze is, you know, 
uh, I learned to appreciate, you know, that, that the good hazies I'd had uh, were hazy because of uh, active fermentation, biotransformation reactions, um, and... Uh, and, uh, and, and protein in the malt bill, too, right? That's an important piece of oats. making sure. Right. Flaked wheat and flaked oats. And, okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, so then we started experimenting. We started making hazies with, with quike, uh, Norwegian mm. farmhouse ale yeast. That and, stuff scares uh, me, man. I don't know. You guys seem to like it, though, you, right? You, you, heard, know, you, you heard we did a festival here with yeah, yeah. No, quike I know. yeast, right? That yeah. stuff scares me. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Doesn't well. seem natural. Doesn't, it seems weird. <laughs> Don't fear the beer. It seems weird, man. I got I got like yeah. John over at Whiskey. I was like, yeah, that thing's fermenting at like 110 degrees. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. What's happening ben, in that ben tank? Ben can tell you more about Quike than any of the rest of us I here. Know. It's, it's I magical know. stuff. No, I've been watching what you guys have been doing the last year, so I see a lot of it is, is involving that yeast, right? I mean, I, I, I get excited about it, and um, when I, I I don't so far have not gotten tired at all of, of coming into the brewery the day after we uh, start a batch with Quike and, and saying, Same oh, it's like <laughs> checking the gravity yeah. and, and seeing, oh, yeah, it dropped, it attenuated uh, more than halfway wow. uh, in, you know, 20 or 18 hours. Um, so, yeah, we uh, we just, in the, we have in the tank right now our next entry into our uh, Quike-minded uh, New England IPA series where we've done use different quike yeasts um which is redundant because quike means yeast in norwegian but uh <laughs> use different strains of quike uh with different combinations of, of hops and so this next one coming up is uh to uh celebrate the um legalization of a certain formerly controlled substance in illinois uh it's quite minded three the dankening where we're using a extra dank combo of uh Simcoe, Chinook, and Columbus. Um, like in, uh, we added a little, a little higher percentage of oats to this one, a larger amount of hops than in previous batches of, of, of Quike Minded, um, just to make it like that sloppy dank hop sauce that everybody wants so bad. Sloppy dank hop. I mean, isn't that what the bros want? The, sure. the sloppy dank sure, hop sauce? The adjectives. Whatever you say. Yeah, that's fine. It sounds me. disgusting. It's fine with but me. But it tastes so good. No. No, that yeast is always interesting to me. It's so crazy to hear. It's like, it's such a, a step in like a different direction that you can take right now. Because, I mean, that, that accounts for a lot of things. It accounts for faster turnaround on a beer, right? I mean, that's, that's tank space. That's, you know, that's quick, 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 more money, more money like that. If, if you can maintain the quality yeah, with um, that yeast. I, I want to give the, sorry. No, like just real quick for like a personal knowledge. Like, so are you guys all Omega? You guys, is everybody, or where are you guys getting your yeast from mostly? Yeah. Mostly uh-huh. Omega. So do, do they have multiple strains of this yeast? Is that like, I, like a Miskatonic told me like they use like the hothead version of it versus hothead, like. Hothead, Hornendal, Voss, the big Voss. three. Okay. That they yeah. have I'm trying to think with the uh, the yeast lab that has the Oslo, but that one's supposed to be pretty pretty unique. I can't remember if that's... Is that White Labs? I can't remember, but... I got a guy. He's got a guy. <laughs> got a guy. Ben's got a guy. Um, I mean, if we're going to talk about Kvike, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but toot toot. I mean, we've done... Uh, let's see. We've done a Black IPA, a Porter, uh, toot... No, one Berliner, three Gozas, a Blonde, uh, a Pale Ale, one Hazy IPA. So, like, we, we Bulldog uses a lot of it as well. Uh, I think it's really cool, and I maybe this is my own 
biased, but I think that's what makes our our gozas unique. Is we do a we do a kettle sour and then we ferment them with the Voskvike, and I think it does make our our gozas really unique. Um, you know, I'm sure Sherry mentioned this, but our gozas are our nope. top selling beers nope. right now. <laughs> I just had I don't know what, what Sherry said. With. So I started with uh, that one. I think I think it was Pomarello. gorgeous. Pomarello, yes. yeah, it was yeah, beautiful, it was really well done. Uh, our Doug, our uh, strawberry goza that we did with Voss, uh, was one of our fastest sellers. Um, Elias, when our son was born, we released a passion fruit and orange peel. Um, I I love Kvike. Uh Actually, we're I don't know if Sherry mentioned this earlier, but our transmission on our vehicle uh, shot earlier so i don't know how i'm getting home for christmas but uh glenn from geneseo brewing company who was here for Quike fest he and i are supposed to be doing a collaboration next monday but i don't know if i'm getting home for that <laughs> so we'll see what happens and uh, w- sorry one thing that I, I i try to make a point of mentioning when when uh quite comes up in, in conversations like this is that um it does ferment it beer very quickly it's it's uh, it's very easy to work with in the brewery, but that's not why we use it. Um, it makes the beer taste good in in the you know, used correctly in, in the right context. Yeast is what eighty percent of the flavor of the beer. I mean, it's kind of yeah. like an old saying. You know, you hear people say yeah, that. I mean, yeah. not in, 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 in our Quike IPAs, yeast isn't you know maybe five to ten percent of the flavor of the yeah. beer, but but that's an important percentage. Um, and uh, like. We find, like, when we did the first Quike Minded with Voss, Quike, and uh, Citra and Amarillo hops, the uh, Voss lent a little, like, kind of peach lemon note that, hell yeah, I want peach and lemon with my tropical fruit and citrus from the Citra and Amarillo. That's, like, it was awesome. And it, it also attenuates pretty well. So, it um, you know, it, it makes for drier beers, though the fruitiness from the yeast can kind of offset that dryness as far as how people perceive it. Um, but I, I would hate uh, to leave anybody with the impression that we are excited about this new yeast just because it gives us more capacity in our brewery. I don't care about that. I want the beer to taste good. Yeah, and the, the other, quality is there. The other piece of that, too, is like, you know, like Hailstorm, for example, they did that day zero, you know, basically like this beer was ready to go in a day, you know. But, but that, the, like, especially in a New England style IPA, a hazy IPA, whatever you want to call it, it's like, that doesn't mean you get. That doesn't help the dry hop. You're still gonna have to dry hop that thing. Right. You're still got. You know. You're still gonna have days in that. I, I, could be mistaken. I, I think the, the the day zero thing, was um, wasn't it about like when they dry hopped it? Yeah. Yeah. It, it was like a seven day thing. I think. Yeah. I think they were able to like package it in seven or eight days. Or but something. that's still but, crazy when you're right. dry Which hopping. Wild. Which like is wild. Stuff. The same day you brewed it, or right. the next day when you come in. That's abnormal. You're usually letting beers ferment for multiple, yeah. multiple days, if not you know six, seven days, before you start dry hopping. You dangling, a classic IPA. You're dangling. I don't know if I turned this off. Nope. No, I, I thought I hit the no, button. No, sorry. That's that's sorry, like a Dan. whole different thing. Uh, no, just the okay. angle of the dangles. There's no there's no on off buttons on any of these mics. You're good. The sorry, Dan. The dangle. I like that. Proportional Very to nice. the heat of the meat. I dig yeah. that. I dig that. The heat of the meat I ate earlier <laughs> was delightful. <laughs> that brisket was tight. Oh, uh, so what about you, Jose? I mean, like you're, you, you know, you're you're coming, you know, you're Casa Humilde, you know, you're one of your one of your big, one of, like one of your big beers is a Mexican lager. People are gonna look at you and be like, oh, he does Mexican beers. Like, obviously you don't. You do a fucking prickly pear, uh, 
Saison, one of your other beers, just a straight Saison, right? Yeah, regular we got a hazy, kind of a juicy pale. We have uh, kind of our hazy pale ale. So we didn't want to jump into like the New England or the milkshake IPAs. Everybody's doing it, bro. That and we kind of feel like those are for for my taste. Um, it's kind of like a I can have one of them and that's it. So we decided to do work on something that we call a juicy pale ale, which is a neblina. So it's a 5.7, still kind of light in body, crisp. We do it with Citra and Amarillo, uh, both um, just uh, traditional pellets and cryo. And we use uh, the Hornendow on it. And we are really happy with it. It's actually one of our best sellers right now. That one and uh, Maisal, our Mexican lager with corn. So we kind of want to be a on the whole spectrum um, but not take one style like too far yeah how do you guys balance that like as a brewery like how do you how do you balance that because you want you have that desire right to to make all style like it's very respectable to be able to make all styles well but at what point you know where's like let's, let's do an example and they come up every time but like hot butcher hot butcher knows what they do well and they're doing it well you yeah. know like that's they concentrate on that, you know? So, like, how do you guys find that balance? Like, how do you... I mean, you guys have the 10 tap lines. So you, you know, they obviously don't have a space to do that. They're kind of working under a different model than what you guys are doing. But, like, how do you kind of balance that? Like, I want to try everything. I want to do them, do Joseph's and, you know, anything. Kettle sours along with IPAs and brown ales and black IPAs. Like, how do you kind of, like, figure out what should I do, what shouldn't I do? Yeah, I mean, you kind of alluded to... Uh Part of my answer uh, just then, um, we have this beer hall with 40 taps where people can sample everything uh, at whatever pace they want. Um, so that acts as a brilliant testing ground for us. Um, but also, if we want to brew seven barrels of uh, of an ESB when we know that nobody wants to buy ESBs, <laughs> people still buy. They buy How everything. How dare here. you? I, Look, man, I'm just being real. I love ESBs. I, uh, uh, like, a couple of years ago, we were going through, Burnt City was going through a, a, a little bit of a, a self-examination about, you know, what we wanted to be doing with our beer program. And uh, my brother, uh, I don't remember the exact context of the conversation, but he was like, we've won awards for our barley wines it's been a while why don't we brew that and I yelled at him that's some old man shit and um yeah Dan just gave you one uh, 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 we also just brewed a barley wine that we're just <laughs> calling something different and Rob um, just released how many and actually I got people drinking them again actually the biggest fanboy that I'm friends with um Whose name I won't mention, you should mention told me it. that barley wine is it. that barley wine is having a moment. Um, so it, it I guess life at this point. I guess I'm wrong. Uh, I, I swear, six months ago he told me he Alex Kidd would, says it's life. Man. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so uh, a year ago he told me he could never care about anything less than he cares about barley wines. Um, anyway, um, so I feel about Roush beers. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, so anyway, the point is, uh, everything sells like we sell through whatever we make here fast enough that you know it doesn't make it a a, a waste of time or a risk to have tried it. Um, and we also get to satisfy our own urges as brewers to to brew the kind of uh, beers that brewers like. You know, people will stereotype us and say that we just want to drink 
pilsners, and it's completely true. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, I thought he was going to blow my whole theory. <laughs> no. We, we, we like drinking a lot of different stuff, but, um, you know, a few years ago, I didn't expect that uh, Burnt City's, um, you know, that one of our best sellers in distribution would be Norwegian farmhouse ale yeast-based hazy IPAs. Uh, but that's kind of how the way we've navigated the crazy waters of the, the current Chicago craft beer market. And, um, uh, you know, we, we, we all have certain... So far, nobody at the Brew Arts has brewed a milkshake IPA. That's weird. It's um, weird. It's not a bad right? thing. Yeah. I mean, it's not a so, bad thing on your guys' yeah, part. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to. But it's just odd that like four fucking well, breweries are so, sitting here. And nobody's <laughs> like, all right. So like, like I was saying with the hazy IPA I thing, really like I, I, I didn't, I didn't I'm understand the that. style. I didn't care about, or I didn't care about brewing that style until I had one that I liked. I've never had a milkshake IPA that but I liked But it's a New England all. style IPA, right? I mean, with that's what it is. With vanilla. Yeah, but and right, lactose. right. That's Even like saying lactose, like it's yeah. like a, a a Bordeaux from Margot with vanilla. It's like <laughs> that last part makes a big fucking difference. But, yeah. yeah, but it, it isn't technically isn't technically a milkshake just the milk sugar. I mean, well, so, so the, the vanilla is not required, as far as yeah. I know. Um, and is it, the vanilla is not a required piece, as it, far as, I'm, I, as that's I'm, the, I'm understanding. I, I, I don't think there's any rules. I don't think there's a clear. Uh, I don't think there's a clear uh, definition there, and we have we have brewed uh, IPAs with with uh, lactose. To me, like it, you could brew a, a, a fruited IPA with a tiny bit of lactose, and you know that's not really what people are talking about when they talk about a milkshake IPA. You put a shit ton of lactose right. in, maybe most people are going to think vanilla, but that's the vanilla. The and I've never had a fruited IPA with vanilla that I didn't regret putting in my mouth. Did you have um, tired hands before? You've had a few of them? Tired hands? I, I try every ones. time, and I'm not going to name specific breweries uh. because I don't want to disrespect anyone. I've had a lot of... So uh, saying, Hot Butcher, Phase 3, I'm just, I'm just going <laughs> to name these breweries for you. I've had a lot of fanboy milkshake IPAs put in my hands, and I know I'm the old man yelling at the clouds right now. Uh, if, I, if I liked how they tasted, I, I, I'm always, I try to stay open-minded, like in, in the in the past, uh, way back when we were still Atlas brewing at our brew pub, when Belgian IPAs were the thing, if anybody can remember that, we brewed a few. I I hated that style, but like I was like, I'm gonna try to brew one that that tastes good to me, and I I more or less did, and they sold well. People liked them, um, but I have literally like thought every milkshake IPA I had was disgusting, and that's not. <laughs> If, if I'm not doing this because I want to make beers that I feel good about, then I shouldn't be doing it at all. Yeah. Just on a personal note for milkshake IPAs, to me, like I feel like milkshake IPAs are like, like you you look at them as like the hotness, like they're they're like really popular. But I think I think more people are actually drinking the New England style IPA and they're oh, yeah. buying they're buying the milkshake. But I feel like like with Ben saying like I. I don't think people are, like are genuinely enjoying them as much as they do like the New England style. This isn't it's scientific like whole, at all, but I see know, more negative level. reviews on the the, the milkshake. I think those things are good. For, like they're sexy right off the bat. Yeah. Like you you read it and you're like, fucking that is all in that beer, and then vanilla and lactose with like pears and fucking apricots, and like, I gotta I, I try. Then they buy it and they're like, or they're just trading it, or they just want to trade it to get something else from like Treehouse or something. I think the other thing about that way, is like, you, most of those are in sixteen ounce four packs and. After you've had three ounces of it, 
you're probably super daunting tags. I, I call them one and done. I mean, like, and I love I love Eagle Park so far. What I've had out of Milwaukee from them, the stuff that they're doing, but like. I thought, I said, man, look at that milkshake they got, and it's got, like, guava and this and that. And then I have it, and I'm like, oh, this is super disappointing. Like, they're straight up, like, Citra Hazy is yeah. leaps and bounds. And, again, yeah. they're still not ones I want to pound four of, but they're really good for 16 ounces, you know. Yeah. And, then, and then I can move on, you know. I can get a back to the, casa, casa, casa. Back to the beginning of this kind of thread, though. You asked, like, how do we decide, you know, what to brew? And I would almost turn that a little bit and say it's almost more difficult to get to everything we want to brew, right? This, yeah. At least for us, anyway. Like, I've got all these aspirations of you can see all these barrels over here in the corner. I've got all these aspirations of getting, you know, into the mixed fermentation sour game. You know, just setting up some barrels and letting them sit for three years and coming back to them. Then you, you want to blending, do, just wanting to, blend. and then then the blending, blending game so happens sexy. at that part. So you know, sexy. at that point, it's so much fun. You know. And I mean, we've got stuff that have been in barrels for over a year now, and but it's it's minuscule. There's so much more. And I know Ben, you and I have talked about this. You have aspirations, I think, still in, in that area. You want that library um, to pull from? It's just two, three years. Like worth of it's just so hard to like find the free cash to like you know throw liquid into barrels and then sit on it for years. Like, and who's going to buy know, them when you get food, it going? When you make this get a fooder in here and, and <laughs> you make this masterpiece, who's buying them? That's yeah. the problem. Well, that's that's the other thing, Look too. Right? Chicago there's such right now. There's Dre Fontenay sitting all over the city right beers. now. Exactly. The most Isn't that beautiful insane? Beers Isn't that insane? Just sitting around Isn't on shelves fucking crazy? And that's what I was talking to about earlier when I was talking about, you know, it's not sustainable. Right, there's gonna be some kind of shakeout at some at what level? Who knows? But it just can't keep going like this. There's just too much fucking good beer around. Yeah. You know, there's just way too much. I mean, that's what that's kind of what the next thing I want to talk about with you guys is is uh, you know all of you have this kind of unique thing because you do you know Jose, you came into Crafted the other day with yeah. seven sample cans to, to hand me. Uh, you've been in stores for years before this place existed. You've been you know pushing Vera and. And uh, villainous and you know flagship brands. You guys have cans. Pterodactyl Death Screen's been in. You know, Kiss has been in our store before. It's like, what? Where do you guys find the balance? Where do you get? How? How? How much? This is the. This is where you want to be, right? This. This place is what you want to succeed. Like, how important is the market to you to get your shit out there, man? So I think I can. I feel like Bulldog can bridge that gap between the last conversation and this conversation, right? So. Since April, when we opened, Bulldog has done 27 different beers. Uh, I am, uh, again, I see myself as a traditionalist, and I try not to be too much get off my lawn, but, like, you just brought up Kiss, and that is the perfect example. The first two and a half years, basically until we opened Brewyards, we always thought Kiss was going to be our flagship, and it definitely wasn't. To this day, Kiss is our lowest seller in brew yards and just in general. Uh, is that beer bad? Absolutely not. It's just I, a saison. That's all. It's a it's Nobody, a citra. It's, it's a, a citra. It's a citra hopped saison, and that's the thing. Is like I, I feel I can speak to this in that because we've done twenty seven different beers since we've been at brew yards, we've been testing the waters, and uh, you know to to be blunt. We threw a lot of shit at the wall, and we saw what stuck. 
And for better or worse, what sticks are hazy IPAs, fruited gozas. Uh, I mean, I'll be... I'm surprised that our kind of quote-unquote plain pale ale, uh, CeeLo, I mean, that did really well for us. But um, that is definitely something that you, you kind of take into consideration is if you look at our wall right now, we have South of the Porter. And South of the Porter, we took our robust porter, fermented blue agave, and then finished it with lime. We have a barrel-aged version of that that we put in tequila barrels that I think is one of the most unique beers out there right now. But when people see tequila barrel-aged porter with blue agave and lime, they might try an ounce of it. And that's kind of what we've been seeing is they'll try an ounce of it, but are they going to have a full glass of it? No. And it's, it's, it's one of those things of, at the end of the day, this is probably not the answer that some people want to hear, but it is a business. And, you know, you have to make money. You can brew your beer de guards. Pierre is one of my favorite beers that we've ever done. Uh, you know, Kiss, one of my favorite beers we've ever done. A lot of these styles, Wally, our Schwarz beer, a lot of these styles I personally enjoy, but are they moving? No. And that's the thing you have to kind of keep in consideration is, yeah, we've brewed a ton and we've done a lot of styles that we personally enjoy, but does everybody else enjoy it? Eh, sometimes yes, sometimes no. And at the end of the day, it is a business and I have to pay myself because I'm in a lot of debt right now. <laughs> My transmission just went out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so, yeah, I think I think uh, the distribution side of things for all of us is very important. Um, and the, uh, the foundation, um, you know, the founding of the brew yards uh, was... Uh, primarily uh, just something that we thought was a good idea and most importantly a fun idea but the the business model that we've developed here is is was created to act as a buffer against insane forces unpredictable forces in the distribution market Mm -hmm. so that instead of needing to move 5,000 barrels a year for each brand to survive you know, I think this year Burn City is going to distribute uh, the, somewhere a little over a thousand barrels, and uh, we think if we can improve upon that, you know, by you know just a marginal amount next year, that we'll be in a pretty good place. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of resources at, at use uh, or, or, or that are working to to have you know, 30 to 40 beers on tap from four different sets of, of people uh, designing them. Um, so, you know, what we're doing here right now, it's going very well. Uh, but I think, you know, being able to, to move product outside of this this uh, building is also very important. Yeah, what's the goal? I mean, do you guys, are, you guys have to be, like, constantly moving, constantly changing, constantly morphing with, with this scene, with Chicago, with the country with the, the, the growth and uh, eventually right we, we all see 8,000's got to squeeze out to a little bit less than that right eventually so like maybe what, where do you guys put in the focus I mean is, is it kind of like alright well this this place allows us to kind of draw back on distro and, and, and depending on stores and stuff like Ben you kind of touched on that but like like, where do you guys see like the importance right now I, I would tactic, I would, right? I would I would answer that to say that's you know the notion of having to be um, 
reactive and when you can be proactive is the story of American business these days, right? It's American small business. Um, it's not unique to just craft brewing. I think it's exacerbated or, you know, um, a, sh- a bright light has shined on that capability in this category. But you have to be able to stick and move, right? You've got to be able to change. Boxing reference. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. You're talking like about that. going to like war. That. You're yeah. talking about boxing reference. Oh, I got the metaphors. You're like, Ooh. don't worry about that. You're in for a dogfight. Um, you've got to be able to, but at this, you know, and I'm going to talk out of this side of my mouth and say you also have to stick to your guns at a certain level too because if you have no point of view in the marketplace your brand isn't going to be shit to anybody right so you, you have to find that balance how do you have a point of view and a voice for your brand and, and and by extension the products that that brand puts out and how do you respond to what it is that your customers most want right that's a that's a really it's a it's a high wire act it's a, it's a tightrope act right and uh, I think that's the most important thing. And, you know, when you look at distribution versus here, it's, it's, it's super important to be able to balance that for, for us anyway, for Around the Bend. You know, we're, we're going we're gonna to end up doing probably 60% of our total revenue in, in, in distribution this year versus 40% here at, at, at Brew Yards. We need to keep growing both ends of this. If we're gonna, you know, gonna, gonna, you know, make it and, and continue to grow and, and return for our investors the way we want to, um, so you've got to do both, right? Is kind of the the, the net net of it. I, I think for us, for Casomil, the distribution is is kind of key for us. Like that's where we're really gonna grow. There's only so much beer we can sell here, and it's kind of a launching pad for us. So try out beers, see how people react. I mean, we're, we're going to move through beer here, but like our brands right now, we probably have in distribution seven different beers and we're, all of them are selling well. Uh, our more popular ones are Neblina, our Juicy Pao My Sal, our Mexican Lager and Alba did very well for us. It's our uh, Mexican Amber Lager. So those beers in distribution is where they're going to move. Like here, we will sell them, but like I said, there's only so much. We, we want to grow from here and expand into more markets as much as we can, and that's, that's key for us. And that, I mean, that's a, that's a big thing for Bulldog as well, is, you know, with us in Casa, we're the babies of the group. We, yeah. you know, we're not established. Um, even though Bulldog has been around for three years, Nobody's really known who we are until the last, I'd say, year or so. Uh, it is what it is, but um, that that that's kind of exactly what Jose is saying. Is like we, I think in distribution this year we've done probably twenty different SKUs, um, and again, some of them are winners, some of them are not, and that has been kind of what Dan alluded to like you have to be nimble enough where you can pivot on a dime and that's been one thing that personally going back to what we just talked about is I don't want to say upsetting but disappointing in that our citrus saison kiss I love that beer like I absolutely love that beer does everybody else love that beer no so do I double down and be like, hey, I'm going to keep making this mistake where no one's ma- no one's buying this beer, or am I going to switch to Hazy Boy and I'm going to be selling five to ten cases at a time to certain accounts, or 
am I selling this beer that's selling five to ten cases at an account? Or, you know, do I do I hunker down on my, my passion beers that are going to sell one case every three weeks? And I think you just answered your own question. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, if I... Holy shit, oh, Ben. <laughs> well, the dangly dangle or whatever we were calling it just got all kinds of crazy. It's fine. Just um, keep partying. Not to uh, uh, pontificate or anything, but if if, if my experience, um, you know, over the last eight years running the, the brew pub and uh, whatnot, um, the brewery at the brew pub, um, I think uh, finding common ground between what your passion beers can be and, and what... Uh, you're finding people respond to is is kind of the trick of it all, mm-hmm. and uh, you know uh, some sometimes like for me with the hazy IPAs, not to beat a dead horse, uh, that was something where you know I didn't think that was something I was going to be passionate about, but I kept giving it a chance, um, and then uh, I uh, found that I could uh, really just. Um, explore something to the extent that that I could have my own take on it that I was proud of and um, kind of find find that middle ground uh, between what my you know I guess just let, like letting my taste evolve while I'm trying to do my thing in a, a world where tastes change every week um, and uh, just trying to be open-minded and stay on my toes um it can be difficult like you know i i I always thought that like the idea of somebody making a traditional german pilsner with lactose was like a really funny joke that i was gonna like use as an april fool's day like prank uh, on our social media and like i don't know that i've specifically seen that happen um but i'm sure it has and it just i I know it is. Uh, <laughs> Milkshake Pilsner? Pills. Milk pills. Uh, mil- milk pills. Milk pills. Yeah. Milk pills. Just so long as your passion beer is not a Rauch beer. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, be good. Thank oh, you. Oh, sorry, Hammerheart. Don't even worry about it. Just pass it. <laughs> Just pass it off the, off the stand. Um, yeah, no, and Ben, really, I really appreciated what you said, Ben, about uh, earlier. Just just the, uh, and you guys all kind of had a similar kind of feel, maybe outside of Jose, because he said he was just kind of like, you know, he's not really exploring the full-on New England style IPA. But uh, uh, in February of 2018, like 20th episode of this show, we're at 80 now, two years in. You know, Aaron uh, over at Alarmist told me like, "Hey, you know, I hated hazy IPAs. I, d- I thought it was a stupid thing. I thought it was a terrible trend that was going to die fast." And he's like, "And then I went to Boston and yeah. I tried some things, and I started to get like, oh." All right, so this isn't lazy. Ding. This isn't. That's all right. We got plenty of battery. This, this isn't like a lazy thing. This, this is like a. This is like a, a science. It's not you know? about adding like, flour like into as, your fucking kettle. As Dan kind of talked about, you know, like there's all these things between alpha acids and you know these numbers that accompany hops. It's super you know, exciting like, new frontiers. Yeah. So what Ben said really struck for me and reminded me of what Aaron said and now Aaron has wearing a gold medal around his neck in 2018 for his Le Juice Hazy IPA which you know he had that beer when I was there in February of 2018 and didn't win a gold medal for it for another six or seven months or whatever but just to hear him talk about that and be like the humilde that he had to say like hey this was 
this is like uh, you know this is a thing you know he's like I'm not going to ignore this because I have still talked to a couple there's a couple out there that are just like fuck that that's a lazy style it's stupid I'm not going to follow I'm not going to chase trends I get that I don't want you to fucking compromise your entire integrity of your whole human life you know like but but just just try to be objective just try to look at it and try to say like okay maybe there's something here you if know you're, what I mean? if you're dovetail not, not business not if you're it, dovetail right. and you're doing German don't do style it. lagers don't do that's it. not your brand yeah. don't do it right? yeah. but John Laffler shouldn't brew a New England style IPA John Laffler should keep I would doing love it if John Laffler brewed a New England style IPA but uh, uh, anyway like, any I mean, IPA actually yeah. <laughs> so I don't think he's ever done yeah. any of them um, maybe one but yeah it's like if you're a restaurant that's trying to you know, uh, attract a lot of customers and, uh, you know, you maybe have your niche cut out or not. But, like, if you're an Italian restaurant in Chicago right now, you're not going to be like, I'm going to make the best spaghetti and meatballs. Actually, well, I don't know, maybe bad analogy because that sounds pretty good. But um, <laughs> Lamb and tuna fish. It's like, that's ooh, yeah? that's, Big Daddy, that's anybody? No? I make a lamb and tuna that you kill for. This is bullshit. Different yeah, cards every time. He got it. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's a big daddy from reference. The I apologize. Yeah. I have no idea. What Anyways, go on. Right now. Come on. Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, Rob Snyder, Adam, Adam Sandler thing. Well, yeah. That explains uh-huh. why. I exactly. Would not have watched. Keep it. Moving. I do dig on some Adam Sandler. I gotta say. Go ahead, Ben. Happy keep, going, keep going. No. So no. yeah, the analogy of like the Italian restaurant. Well, that, that wasn't a, a great analogy. It just, I. I Part of my, I, I believe that part of my growth as a brewer and my growth as a person um, working in a field that I'm passionate about has been to understand that I have had a lot of preconceived notions about how things should be and what I should do. And I would hate for anybody to see, like, you know, I, I don't think people pay enough attention to what I do for anybody to accuse me of selling out in any way. And I don't think that <laughs> I have done that. But, like, uh, Nah, dude, we were just talking about it. Oh man, that's why. That's why you had your secret headphones while I was just off to the side, wondering what you were saying. First half of the show. (laughs) Can we do one podcast without me fucking crying? (laughs) Apparently not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, but I'm like, I can, I I might be. I've tried to. I have learned to start to overcome my tentativeness about trends and and feeling like embarrassed about like i, I don't want to chase trends i want to do things that interest me and that in, help me engage with other people who are drinking my beer and so there, there's a difference between looking at beer advocate reviews and saying oh these like beers in the top hundred all are you know these uh milkshake gotta berliners make gotta make them um and so i'm gonna make those too it's trying beer and thinking like oh this is cool. This is a flavor that I haven't had before. This is a structure of beer that is new to me. Yeah. I want to learn about it. I want to make a version that I think is better than ever. And, you know, sometimes when you try that, it, it doesn't work out. So when is we, the Around the Bend uh, slushy series coming out? Well, That's I wasn't going to go there, but what, what I, what I did want to talk about slushy trials was brood IPAs. Because oh, that, that trend was, did not that, work out. No, that, that popped Have you had hard extra circus? a year ago, right? Extra circus, two and, versions of it, and had extra five. Had a, five. five. We did five, five of those, and you know what? The fifth was the last. And I thought because that w- here's here's the thing, right? That style, when it was invented, it popped so hard, so hot. Everyone thought it was going to be the new New England thing, right? Thanks, San Francisco. And a, and a lot of people jumped on it. 
And here, but here's the problem. A lot of people who jumped on it didn't take the time to understand the science behind no why, that, why that works and how to make a good one. And a lot of motherfuckers made bad brutes and they ruined the fucking There's style. A ton of them. A, a ton, ton of them. Of bad. I mean, there's we, a ton of bad New Englands and it's our, our, our first yeah. brute, I will admit, our first extra circus, it was all right, but there was a flaw to it. But we delved into it and figured out what needed to happen. He told me, he told me it was the shit. <laughs> of course we told you that the first time around. Of course. Back to the distribution. We had to sell that beer, things. right? Yeah, exactly. But no, but the, the key to it ended up being how you use the enzyme and where in the process and finding that sweet spot. We ended up making... I think it was an amazing beer. And because there were so many other bad examples floating around in the marketplace, consumers came to recognize, oh, that's a Brute IPA? I don't like Brutes. Yeah. Yeah. Which, when the reality is, you don't like bad Brutes. If you have a good... Anyone we got, any beer buyer, any consumer, we got to put that beer into their mouth. We're like, whoa, this is awesome. I love this. You know, so it, it, just, it just, you know... It just goes to show there, there, there are trends that happen and you can follow them and you can follow them poorly or you can follow them and, and you can investigate and delve in and understand how to do it and do it right. And you know, maybe that, maybe that same exact recipe surfaces someday and it's not called a brute IPA and it's just called a dry IPA or something like that. But you can put it Whenever on tap. Enough, yeah, yeah, you can put exactly. it on tap here. Just don't push it out into the market right now. You yeah. know? Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's a viable beer to put totally. on tap. I was excited that for that, off, you know? for the brute IPA style. Like I thought, okay, IPA, Saison, dry, kind of a combination of both. And then, yeah, a lot of bad beers out there. <laughs> so, so I mean, I, I thought it was even a, dry. Yeah. thought it was a super inter- interesting uh, trend to observe because, I mean, I agree with the, the general assessment here that there are a lot of bad ones. There are definitely some good ones. I very much enjoy Extra Circus. Um, but that whole trend was entirely reactionary. It was created very, very obviously because everybody was so geeked on these, like, chewable, sometimes sweet hazies. It's an opposite thing. And, and like... Yeah. That's that's not a good motivation to. It's like, oh, you think that IPAs should be unbalanced in this way? I'll show you unbalanced. <laughs> like, no, I joke well, to my fanboy. I joke to the fanboy friend that I mentioned uh, earlier that I was going to revolutionize IPAs by blending a hazy with a brute. And, oh, and, and, okay. and he didn't get for a single second that I was just saying I was going to make a fucking IPA. Classic and he was like, IPA. that could be really interesting so because blah, blah, blah. And I was yeah. like, I'm going to beat my dry. head against the wall until I die. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh. It's juicy and dry. Get some. So That's controversial opinion well, that will probably like that. get me uh, a canceled you're, order. You're going to lose a few accounts? <laughs> yeah. Going to lose a few accounts here. Uh no, I, I it, it's funny because like I tell Dan all the time, Extra Circus is my favorite beer from around the bend. I absolutely love. I like that Extra beer. Circus. I absolutely love it. Volume two. Which volume are we talking about here? I think what was the green was green was four. Green was four. I love that you know. What was that the one so when fast. we opened yeah. though? When we first opened, what was the first Extra Circus? That was two, wasn't it? No, that was four here. That was four. Or was no three? Yeah, we did three, four, and five here. Yeah. So. I thought that was, again, no offense. I thought that Idaho was the best seven. one. I I th- 
Uh, I thought that one was amazing. And, like, any extra cans that we had in the walk-in, I was stealing because I was like, this is <laughs> awesome. That's where I, they went. I love it. I love to yeah. send you yeah. a bill. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the controversial part of the statement, I, I don't think hazies are going anywhere. I think they are going to start losing their luster. Uh, I'm a firm believer of that because I do see I do I still do sales myself I go to my accounts I do deliveries and one thing that has stood out to me in the last six months is like when we did our quote-unquote traditional double IPA they're like oh thank god someone's doing a regular double IPA <laughs> The problem is you're talking to the buyers and the owners and not the people that are buying but the did beer they, from yeah, yes. Did they buy more yes. of that or of who's a hazy boy? Uh, I mean, they do buy a lot of Hazy Boy, but also Arnie, our West Coast double IPA. We sold out of cans before we sold out of kegs. But Arnie's going to come back to you, and the Hazy Boy is not at this point. For now. For uh, now. For now. But so I, It's going to be I, the one where like, we got a bunch of cans that are out of code. Can you uh, come look at these? But We did, I, we did I, a collab I, with Pizza Port here and did a double IPA. It was fucking blue doors. And it's. I mean, we it's sold for through industry it, but people right it, now. It's, it's for people that it's are sad. buying your beer. Like people yeah. love that shit. We love a little. We're like, oh shit, yeah. dude, something fucking dank. Let's go, yeah. you know. So but the I general can, public is not there. So they're, I guess that's there, but they're not. That's they're a good not. question. They're and slow, what, slow, slow, slow moving towards it. It's so, happening. So that's slow. I think that's a good question. And and you know the phrase that Dan just brought up, the general public. I. D- are hazies going to stick around? Absolutely. I don't disagree with that. But are people going to start getting burned out by hazy IPAs? I, I absolutely so. believe so. Yeah. Um, Do people come back to hoppy bitterness? Even if it's not I, fully burned out, it's going to be. You're going to want a, a curveball. You're going to want to switch it up again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's not going to be like a fucking meteoric rise like New England was. It's going to be like this plateau of them and like this really. Really slight incline of, 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 uh, that's of why delightful that's West why Coast we, IPAs. Which we've kept a classic, as I'm calling it, a classic IPA in our lineup. Villainous has been around some, almost since day one for us. And we've kept it in the lineup because it has a balance of some juiciness, but it's it's definitely a classic bitter, you know, We still uh, sell a lot of pipeworks. We still sell a lot of Ninja Versus Unicorn regularly. Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. Still, right? That's it's a great still, example But, right but again, it's not a vo- high velocity, but it's one that you know you got to order a couple times a month, you know? Yeah. like you know All that being said, like, uh, my opinion, and I've shared this opinion with everybody at this table multiple times, I think the next big, quote-unquote, trend is going to be interesting loggers. I've never if you heard have, that for me. If you have a lager that has something just slightly different about it, it's still crisp, it's still clean, you can have 13 to 14 of them in a setting. Obviously. <laughs> yes. Well, Obviously. I mean, I mean that, that might be a little much. but <laughs> That's like Bush Light Draft right there. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a Bush Light clone with peaches. Right, I'm going to make it interesting. Are you, do you mean Matter Matter days? Days? <laughs> I was say, is, that you, is that what you were just referring to when you said a slightly interesting lager? Mm. Yeah. Um, I do think that, um, like... Pink lemonade, bitches. <laughs> I do think one reason why uh, why Hazy's might have a little... I don't know. Like, like Hazy's have this reputation for going bad quickly, which, if they're made well, um, they is don't. not... There's a few people that are defying um, that right now, and there's not many of them. So. Um, ours are delicious uh, for uh, a lot longer than three, three months. months. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, not a lot longer than three months. Yeah, but, let's, let's um, no, three let's months. Let's not, yeah, let's not right, get crazy. Three months, yeah, three months uh, is good. That's really good. <laughs> right. You can um, make it say it's good for three months. Yeah. You're, you're um, doing a good job. I do think that, um, like, personally as a beer drinker, I'm drinking a lot of hazies, and I'm not drinking a lot of uh, traditional, like, West tra- traditional West Coast IPAs, which uh, is not Let's even a funny thing. Let's classic IPAs, please. <laughs> I just want a good English IPA. Can we talk about that? That's There's not true. I don't. This I, is I, and I don't NPR actually talking about um, classic uh, IPAs. Um, no, but uh, I do think that 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 the experience of drinking a, a a hazy IPA that is most likely locally made, if you live in a place like Chicago, which is about as good of a place as you could be living in, if you want to drink. Fresh hoppy beer. Um, the truth. Everything. Should be called the shy PA. Like, just l- crazy. Like that Mars ex- already did it. All right, Mars already they, they did it. They should change the um, category. But that experience that that's becoming easier and easier to find for beer drinkers in Chicago of like a hazy that's you know maybe not more than like four to six weeks old. Um, there's something about that that. I love that I don't really get from West Coast IPAs, uh, and I don't want to stop drinking that. I like the cans that I take home from this place. Uh, like whether I mean, not not that I'm taking any cans home, but you know, quality control is important. But like Neblina and That's Juice Trials and going. Hazy Boy and Juice Pillow and Quite Minded is. I mean, I, I drink a lot of Face Melter at home, too, which I guess is like a West Coast IPA with hibiscus. Um, uh, maybe somebody should make a lager with hibiscus. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. It, it's Uh-oh. In, it, it's, Uh-oh. <laughs> it's I did We got that. Uh-oh. Your fucking mouth. Um, Don't take my idea. Maybe a Kiwi Pilsner. But I think, th- I think that is... Yeah, ex- that. You know what? Yeah, yeah, I think that... That ex- should be his beer now. See? It's got a little... Uh, oh, take it over. <laughs> didn't didn't do it first. Anyway, sorry. Wait a <laughs> sorry, Ben. Fucking rub salt in the wound. Man. <laughs> we're we're, we're two hours and fifteen minutes in. I mean, I, we're, we're losing attention spans. Quick. Oh, nobody's <laughs> listening to this shit anymore. Are you kidding me? No, no, no. I mean, not not the listeners. I'm talking about us at the table oh. right now. <laughs> <laughs> we wait, are all losing. Wait, our is this attention. is this live? No, no. But it, oh, well, but at somebody at some point it's we called started edit, listening. It's ben, called editing, Dan. No, 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 Ben. There's, there's no editing. You didn't show. hear this earlier. This is there's a no straight editing. conversation, my friend. Cool. I mean, if there's something stupid you said and you're like, I really want that taken out. You don't edit in like air horns or anything? That's all live. That's how we do that live. What's live? What's live? I didn't hear anything. What what air horns? I didn't hear any noise just now. Fuck with my listeners. (laughs) That's me and Dan actually making air horn noise. Uh, I didn't hear anything. I have money for a soundboard. Come on. I'm going to shut up now. No, no, no. That that was great what you were saying. uh, It makes sense. But but I'm with you, and I think a lot of consumers are with you, too. Um, I think more people would be more shocked that this is a guy. Just so you know, Ben is a guy that's brewing most most chunks of bat- batches of beer that come out of this place, and he's talking about how he likes to take home hazy IPAs. I think if anybody listens to this show regularly, which a lot you know some people do, they're gonna used to hearing people like, "I just want a crispy boy. Yeah. I just want to go home, I get off shift. Yeah. I want to you know get off get out of the brew house. I want to drink something light and crisp and in there. You know, that's where I was like a year ago, and now. I love I love the the like loggers uh, that are that, that we're all making here um, uh, the kiwi pills that are around the bended their yeah, penny farthing 
um, uh, 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 Sunday Night Couch Cuddles and uh, Maisal and whatnot and Two-Headed Boy. Uh, Rambling Rosé? Huh? That's not a lager. I don't know, but... <laughs> it's no, really like good. A, a different thing. It's a yeah. different Did thing. Dan tell you he put some of that beer into barrels with Brett? Oh, no. what? Yeah, three barrels of that. Really? We're going to drill some holes in that on Friday. We need to get Mikey from His Was in here talking some of that stuff. We need to get Who, that what? guy. And Mike, Mike from, well, used to be at Pipeworks. Oh, Mike yeah. Did, yeah. You, did you try our uh, Blood was. of Jupiter? His Was. I don't know that. I'm going to grab you a little of that. He's, of, he's doing it out of Mars. Five, five uh, barrel batches. And they're nice. delicious. He's he was taking a check five that barrel batch and he's splitting it in half. Brett on one, clean on the other, and all you know. And then packaging it those two ways. All five hundred milliliter bottles. It. All five hundred milliliter bottles packaging. Nothing's but going into barrels or anything. Wait, it's all blending them or he's no, no. packaging. No, no, them. he's splitting one batch, five barrel batch. Yeah, and then you know. So you can taste it clean and you can taste it breaded. Taste it clean, you can taste it breaded. Yeah. Bottle, everything's That's bottle cool. conditioned. Five hundred cool. mil. That's uh, right. So, in my podcast, uh, is was brewing actually. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh that one! Yeah, now I remember. Yeah. He was the uh, barrel master at. Oh Pipeworks sure, for yeah, years I remember. Years now. So he yeah. was here three weeks ago, three four weeks ago, and I, obvi- nobody knows who I am in the industry. Like very few people do. But I went up to him. I was oh, like, "Oh, love you. hey Mike, like, what's going on?" And he had never been here or whatever, and. So I took him into the brewery, gave him a small tour, and he's like, oh, so, you know, what What have you figured out since you've been here? I was like, well, unfortunately, as much as I love Belgian beers, they don't do very well. And he's like, well, that that's not a good that's not a good sign. I go, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, we're going to be doing, you know, saisons and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, sorry, man. Like, our, our beer de garde didn't do very well. Our saison didn't do very well. The only belgian style that we've done that was a winner was our belgian golden strong and i don't know if that was because it was 10 percent or what was going on with it but like that beer did really well any other belgian we've done in since we've released or since we've opened has not done well um and that's it's a shame because sherry and i spent our honeymoon in belgium and in germany and I, i that uh, that's what's frustrating a little bit to me is like all these styles that i absolutely love there's a niche for them but are they mass appeal absolutely not no like i love black ipas and i thought i was filling a a style i never loved i don't know i tried a bunch of them maybe maybe i missed the right one you know it's one of those things but that's the thing is like you know wookie jack changed my mind about Black IPAs, uh, Back in Black. I mean, they're close encounter from Pipeworks. I mean, I think back in the day they considered it a Black IPA. I don't know if they changed it to a like a hoppy yeah. stout or whatever. But like, is th- I I love Black IPAs, and no one really makes them. Cascadian so, Dark Ales. Cascadian Dark Ales. Tomato, yeah, tomato. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's the thing is like we made one because I was like nobody else is making one right now maybe I'm filling that niche because we're going to do a 15 barrel batch of it and it's going to be awesome because no one else has a black IPA they're creeping around Slowest River, Riverlands had one on they they, they uh, yeah Amber Soul I believe was the name of it yeah. one of our slowest selling beers and it's just one of those things is like man that sucks because it's I'm a beer I'm not surprised by that but well, I get it yeah from your perspective it's like hey this is amazing like why why don't 
Why don't more people want this? But at the same time, you know, I, I feel the same way about Pierre, our beard a guard. It's a very niche style that not a lot of people know about. The people that do know it, they're like, oh, you're making a beard. Like when Josh Noel was here a week or two ago, he's like, oh, you're making a beard a guard. No one's doing that. I'm like, yeah, I love and that style. Like, I hate Goose Island. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if he said that verbatim, but. <laughs> he said it at Crafted about two weeks ago. Oh. Well. No, he didn't say it. <laughs> I was gonna. I said That's something out of character like. For he him. said something like that. But it's oh, no, I have a recording. I'll play it for you guys. Later. <laughs> uh, sweet. But it's, it, again, it's one of those things. Like, for better or worse, we've thrown a lot of shit at the wall, and we've seen what stuck. Mm-hmm. And beard guards don't stick, so we won't be doing a large batch of that they anymore. Are fun though. There are the there are those people, and and I go out with them, and they're like, "Oh shit, they got a beard guard." I like we were at fucking. Poor Steve Hollow the other day, and I'm like, oh shit, he's got a fucking. Beard. And then my buddy's like, he's always got one on. Like it's one of the few places, and then you order it because you're just like, I ain't had one of these motherfuckers in a while. Let's go. You know, they got a, they got a fruited sour, they got a hazy IPA, they got a peppermint milk, sh- you know, whatever. It's like, let me try that beard of guard. Let's see what's up here. Like, but, but again, it's like, like you said, it's like this niche little fast to people that like kind of remember, or like. You know, I remember that used to be a thing, and I wasn't into it at the time. Maybe, you know, let's try it. Let's see what's going on. Uh-oh. This was the first stall we've had Can all I, Well, no, I, I've, I've okay. been getting Sorry, ready to pounce. Ben was looking. He was like, is, uh-huh. is it my turn? Can I talk? I just okay. wanted to tell you a little bit about this beer that I poured for you. Yeah, it's really good, by the way. Thank you. Um, this uh, was actually, it started off, uh, it was split off of the last batch of Balloon Boy farmhouse wheat that we ever brewed at... DJ's Potato Chip Factory um, in <laughs> October of 2018. I love that. I love, I love hearing that, right? Yeah. We brewed uh, this in the Jay's Potato Chip Factory. Yeah, I, right next to the barbecue chips. When I was in second grade, um, growing up in Hyde Park, uh, my class took a, a tour of the Jay's Potato Chip Factory. Are you serious? Dan was there brewing I, I'm beer serious. In the back. Wow. And I said, <laughs> 95, this is my first batch. I said, I'm going to make. This is a bit of soda. I said, I'm going to make beer someday no I, <laughs> the first part of the story was true um <laughs> first part but yeah then like you know 20 so you've been in that space before yeah wow. did you remember so it weird. when you like walked in there that had the to be a weird moment the first time you walked in and yeah, brewed a batch of beer cool. there, i just remember going on a field trip where i got like a bag of jay's potato chips and i was like see our field tri- our big field trip growing up in minnetonka minnesota was Lake to Minnet- you got to purify your body in the waters <laughs> yes Lake you minnetonka. do but we got to go to the tonka toys factory oh, shit, oh, and we all got a little doom buggy oh shit yeah son. i got to go to jay's potato chips <laughs> and the wonder bread factory when i was attending the slap William in the face H. was Ray. the fact that his mom actually packed him a bag of Jeez, so just kind of lost <laughs> for lunch it, that day. Lost the lust. She actually, shit. she actually just locked me in the closet with a bag of chips, and I made up this story uh, <laughs> to make it feel okay. To make it feel okay. Um. Anyway, uh, we we took Balloon Boy and we um, filled four Cabernet uh, Sauvignon barrels. Um. We added a, a, about a hundred pounds of fruit to each. Uh, two of them had uh, Montmorency cherries, and two had wild blueberries. We added uh, Brett B to a couple of the barrels and Brett C to a couple of the barrels, and um, eventually, a few months later, acted, added uh, lactobacillus to uh, the cherry barrels. And tasting them over a year, uh, 
they really morphed in, in crazy ways. And so then just a couple months ago, we decided to blend all four of those barrels together. And so this is our Blood of Jupiter uh, fruited Brett Saison. And it's uh, one of my favorite beers we've ever made. It's delightful. Thank it's got to be fun, right? I mean, to have the library to play with. I know you don't have a mass, yeah. you know, stacks and stacks of three or different, you know, yeah. to fuck around with. But just to be able to kind of pull from one and That's balance with do the other. Of, yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's always the dream, right? I mean, a lot of the fucking New England style IPAs are are financing some of the finest wild programs, you know. And, yeah. You know, Chris Betts always said <laughs> that, said this, you know, about a transient. Like, I do, I do juices loose because I want to do, you know, three year fooder aged, you know. <laughs> and doing and shit. doing juicy IPAs to fund your mixed ferment program is a whole lot of fun, you know. I that's not, you know. Uh, that's making beer that I like so I can make more beer that I like. It's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, I, if I was making milkshakes, Ben, thank it'd be you for, for explaining things so simply. Like, it's, it's just sort of like, you know, I feel like some people don't want to say, yeah, like, this is, this is what's going on. Like, a lot of people are so like, oh, no, no, I'm freaking all integrity. I'm just like, you know, this is me. This is, no, no. It's, no. It's, it's actually the, no it's integrity. Actually the opposite of, of no integrity. You know, the way the, like, you're just honest. You're being honest. It's the right, truth. You know? <laughs> right. I mean, being honest. I'm using Hazy Boy to fund our Roush beer program. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but not that you hate Hazy Boy, right, man? No. <laughs> well, guys, we got you two, two hours and 25 minutes in. Well, should we talk about some of the future? What's going on? What you guys got coming up? I mean, if we get anybody, any survivors that are like, hey, I'll listen all two, two and a half hours, which yes. weird, weirdly people do come up and they're like, oh, so I listen to all that? And you gave like a secret code word. Does that still count? Well, <laughs> now is where we sing our, our yeah. barbershop quartet song that we've been practicing on. diligently. Yes. Uh, we agreed on Mr. Sandman, right? One, two, Honey, three. my baby. Hello, my darling. <laughs> hello, hello, my ragtime gal. Is anyone familiar with the Oak Ridge Boys? Send me Anyone familiar uh, with the Oak Ridge Boys? <laughs> uh, no. It's like a Oak Ridge Boys? quartet, kind of. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, future, future, Ben. Future Ben. Does this, does this, have a, does this place have like a, a DBY? Like, this is our joint, DBY. Is this like a district brew yard? So we got, we got like acronyms and whatnot. Do we, it's do we have cool? Okay. DBY. Hashtag DBY. We use that a lot. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm just, well, I'm just curious. I'm not being a smart ass. <laughs> no, like, I, mean, I just didn't know where you were going No, I'm just it. honest. Like, just, you know, like I said, I've only been here once while it's swing, and I've been here when it was closed on a Monday, and you showed me around, but like, you know, I want to see what's, what's the... Come what's on the, a Saturday, man. So we got a DBY, oh. like that kind of thing. That's a, it's a kind of a common oh. vernacular towards it. Like a hello New Year's Eve party happening hello. here. Oh In yeah, we're gonna do Lionel now. No. You said hello. No, nobody. That's else? not what I meant. All right, Is it but there's a big, for? big New Year's Eve party popping off here. This ticket is a good ticket space event. for that. It's like, gonna be a legit space for that. Lots of beer. Like I don't I hesitate to say, is it all the beer you want to drink, or somewhere close to that? I think Plus, it's just it's whatever IPAs, the legally right? correct yeah. answer is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Plus four curated shots, one from each brewery. Yeah, we're curating the shit out of these shots. Just malort from each brewery. Plus, yeah, basically. Yeah. Plus, and, then, and nothing but uh, plus uh, extra barbecue. circus on every tap. Yeah. Extra, it's brute IPA. <laughs> no, but it's pretty rad. Champagne of beer. Go to uh, forty is it, variants. Is it brown paper tickets? Where, where are they yeah, selling brown them? Brown paper tickets, right? You know, uh, I, don't know. Right. One. I don't know. It's right. a common one. Yeah. You, you, or just search you, up if you district use, brew yards you, New Year. Yeah. If you if use the Google machine, your Google. If you use your Google to say district brew yards New Year's Eve. Oh, Jerome, it's going to be a lot fun. I'm pretty sure it's being hosted by Chicago Twenty One. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Is that what they're called? The social meads. 
It's yeah, one it's of those kitty programs, um, as I refer to weird. them. The youngins? That sounds weird. The youngins. No, it's going to be a mature and civilized New Year's Eve party uh, with curated shots. <laughs> yeah, they those, those two things that. don't exist together, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, so you asked about the future of I had to plug things. DUI. Yeah, DUI. DBY. It sounded like DUI. Oh shit! That's a whole different thing. We don't want subconscious thinking right there. Take an Uber. Take an Uber to our place. Three blocks from the Green Line. So, so the last year and change has been completely nuts like moving both of burnt cities breweries uh into the new space and and teaming up with these guys and and you know casa humilde the the final very important piece of this puzzle only got locked into place in the last couple months and so we've all gone through so many rapid changes which I mean, you know, for us getting the beer program started here, uh, for me, my role in that was the biggest challenge I've ever had in my life. And with the support of a lot of good people, and I want to give a shout out to our core brewery staff because they bust their asses um, and uh, they're doing Cassie. a great job, um, especially Cassie, uh, but also the rest of them. Um, uh like what we've pulled off is pretty incredible and like that that we have so many beers that that people are loving is is beautiful it's been exhausting um and we're finally uh now that pretty soon we're gonna have the 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 final wall with the proper amount of beers that it should have on it we're getting there uh we people keep buying all of it (laughs) well so so we brewed we brewed what like seven beers to to launch launch. to launch with and then when you add seven beers at the same time they get depleted pretty evenly and then so you're out of all the beers once again and we have to brew batches That's for science. everyone else beer. Science. Um, so that means it, it takes a while to kind of hit a, a pattern of production and consumption where you're maintaining. Well, you went from three to four. I mean, that's got to be a weird change for yeah. the brew staff to be like, all right, now we're dealing with. But 40. we were built for that. I mean, I know you, know? you were yeah. doing collabs and guest tasks, and, 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 all and that, we were doing a little bit of contract work on the side as well. Yeah. So, so oh, our overall production. We're not doing I saw anymore. a smoke-filled room. I saw, I saw a few things <laughs> coming across yeah, when I was that, in there. Huh? I saw little bits and pieces. Yeah, we, we brewed some fun beers for mm-hmm. some, some fun breweries. Yeah. Breweries. Um, uh, but anyway, I guess what I'm getting at is is our operation is is finally more on its feet for the foreseeable future without any major changes. Like fucking, I hope to God, uh, <laughs> any any major changes that occur are gonna be total like surprises. Like like we were good we were waiting patiently for a good fourth partner to come along, and we 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 you know had feelers out with a few different breweries or, or breweries in planning and, and we w- are very glad that we waited for Casa Humilde to uh, Casa Humilde Kings and Convicts oh, yeah, that, that would have been a nice piece no they they, been a nice they, piece they contacted us <laughs> fucking nonsense okay anyways let's um, keep yeah we probably that. don't need to talk about that yeah, I probably shouldn't have said they that they have a lot of whatever. money um, they have a lot of money now so uh, I think yeah. they already did and a I huge canker so. sore on their buttholes <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, that was your words not mine those are my words 100% well and you're wondering how that canker sore got uh oh something Uh-oh. something in the brew house alright see you later Ben that was um, some running 
Yeah, this is legit yes. running. Yes. Uh oh. I like the fact that like you know, when somebody comes and gets Ben and says, "I need yeah. you right now." Yeah. He's gonna run. Yeah. He's gonna be like one of those buckets was just overflowing. Let's hope that's all it is. One of the, one of the Home Depot so. buckets was overflowing. They're like, uh, dude, a hazy IPA is squirting out of the top of the tank right now. Oh, uh, I mean, side note, real quick. Uh, the second dog themed event that we okay, had. Look at, look at, it looks calm now. Look at, everything's cool. Yep. Everything there were was flashing lights. That was the best run. It's probably I've the seen CO2 in a long time. meter. That was the uh. best run I've seen ever in the history of runs. So I think that someone. was it's like some chick. What is his number? <laughs> <laughs> dude, I set up. A, I set up a grinder date for you. Let's go. <laughs> She's here, dude. So um, it's funny. Uh, our our newest assistant, Alex. Um, when he when I told him, sorry, I'm a little winded. No, no, I, remar- <laughs> I was going to say what remarkably, the fuck happened? Was, remarkably not. Oh, I knew, I knew exactly. Pace. I knew exactly what had happened. A- Alex Three earlier did. today was like, "Oh, you're doing uh, doing the average Joe podcast. You know, if you want to mention anything about me." Um, <laughs> 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 there it is, bitch. He was trying so hard to get in. On Alex, the you uh, huge fan. You didn't um, stop the hot liquor tank. Filling, so uh, it overflowed. just had a few hundred gallons of water overflow all over the brewery. A few hundred gallons, <laughs> which I'm going to go and clean up in a little bit. Wait, is that, is <laughs> that for real? It, it, it's sanitizing the, the brewery <laughs> floor. Yeah, yeah the brewery it's floor hot. is going to yeah. be yeah. super clean right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So thanks. Oh, my man. God, I saw you moving like that, and I was like, something's on fire, dude. <laughs> hot liquor tanks overflowing in a brewery is like. like there's Wednesday. only so many things where where people working so outside the brewery would see it as being a problem. And that's just like basically a big waterfall. <laughs> water <laughs> oh my god! It does look terrible. It but does. It looks like yeah. fucking glacial gu- gushing. Well, it's not that. great. I mean, fortunately, no. there were no I case stacks of beer getting soaked yeah. in the way of the waterfall. Water's there. expensive. Yeah, water is expensive. That's um, something we should waste. We try not to. Seriously, look. Can we just g- take a second to admire Ben for like? He said he was winded. He didn't sound that winded for like the pace I work that he out. moved at. I work out. You moved like <laughs> you moved some serious hard cardio. There. Yeah. Thanks. Um, and also, That's like Alex, me circa '95. Alex, I, I, I didn't want to disrespect <laughs> you. Must have been a good year for you. You always bring up '95. Second year, senior. <laughs> second year, senior year. <laughs> fucking crushing it on the golfers' campus. It was great. I got it my first hole in one. That my nothing, only hole in one. Nothing that year. but pussy every day of the week. Golden <laughs> gophers. Well, that's not true. All right. <laughs> Could have played along. I, I did want to say to Alex that I'm sorry I made fun of him on this podcast. No, <laughs> he's never going to listen. That's no, the best no, part. No, no, no. He's never going to listen. No, he he probably will. <laughs> he can right. edit it out. Well, then think. think <laughs> no, right, Alex, you made that. it. No, he's like, That's about integrity right yeah, there. Um, uh, just real quick, unless uh, you add whatever you guys want to add as well. Like, like what, what, you know, we got New Year's we talked about, beers you want to talk about, whatever. But uh, also, uh, I'm gonna, I don't want to fuck this up. Lacey. Lacey? Yeah, Lacey. Yeah, Lacey. Yeah, Lacey. Yeah. Much love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's great. Lacey's great. Much love. She's our, our, She's our PR guru. She yeah. kind of sends this whole me thing emails up. whether I want them or not, and then yeah. she <laughs> helped me get this thing squared away and like confirmed and everything. So, yeah. What do you want to say about the future? Future? Um, well, the future. again, I don't know what Sherry Kassa, talked about, Kassa. but uh, what I'm most excited about in 2020 is uh, not only. Do I feel like we will have established our brand and what we want to do? But uh, humble brag, uh, we're gonna be brewing a beer with Sam Adams in March. That's yeah, weird. that's right. That's weird but cool yeah. at the same that time. That will they be want a thing. 
that will be nationally distributed. Interesting. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I have no idea what uh, beer we're going to be brewing with Sam Adams, but... Um, Should be a pink lemonade goza. Yes. Uh, see, Put your money where your Utopia's mouth is. That too. barrel-aged rock beer should be <laughs> ready to rock, dude. Milkshake pills? So, so no, I mean, it, it's funny pills. that you mentioned no that. Him right now, right? It's, it's funny that you Millie mentioned pills. that, but uh, I'm, I really do want to use their lagering knowledge oh, yeah. because they're uh, what? Yeah. Maybe Sam Adams space too. Yep. Sam Adams Boston Lager is probably they the widest lager? craft lager out there. Um, but okay. no, I'm hoping that I, you know, we've talked to their brew team a little bit already, and I'm kind of hoping we can uh, blend the both, the best, the best of both worlds, and maybe we can do like a juicy pilsner that is crystal clear, that like tastes like you're drinking orange juice or whatever. But you know. That's kind of where my mind is at now. If not that, then I my heart says Munich Dunkel, but I know oh, I know no one's gonna be, I know no one's yeah. gonna buy a Munich, Munich Dunkel. Dunkel. I'll buy it. Yeah, do the you'll Munich buy it. Buy All it. of it. <laughs> All of it. Actually, can I just have some for free? <laughs> Sample cans. So you know it's cans. So it's actually kind of funny. The uh, you know when we settled on the n- the name Okay Fine for our first hazy IPA the original idea or the original name was going to be it's not what you like it's the consumer which is a Joe Dirt uh, reference Dierte Dierte exactly exactly Um, but going back to uh, shitty Adam Sandler movies that we're talking about earlier Beefy there uh, are no such things nailing it (laughs) they are all masterpieces Uh, Beefy who is the mascot of our brewery is named after Mr. Beefy from Little Nicky so um, (laughs) anyways uh, for the future I I think we're gonna I mean I know we're gonna be debuting what we're calling the underbite series which is gonna be a fruited goza series that will change the fruits out every month every other month whatever the the demand calls for hazy beer uh, hazy boy will be year round and then we're gonna kind of go from there um, and I'm really looking forward to the future I think 2020 is gonna be a huge year for Bulldog Beer Company so yeah Dan you had some sex to talk about <laughs> sex yeah my wife's not gonna like to hear that I'm talking <laughs> about those labels you were looking at earlier. yes so two <laughs> things I'm most excited about first I'm most excited about getting. We're 99% sure it's going to happen here. An outdoor space at District Brewery Yards. Going to have a patio area out back here so people can come and enjoy the beautiful Chicago summers uh, out, out of doors here out, at, at DBY, which I'm very excited about. I'm hoping we're going to allow cigar smoking out there. I'm not sure yet. We're talking about that. Um, and then what you were alluding to is we're going to, in addition to our juice trial series, um, we're going to be doing another sort of higher-end uh, Juicy IPA, Hazy IPA series, uh, kind of hashtag science, where we delve deep into some of these hypotheses that are out there, um, where we, we test different ideas about how do you extract the most tropical fruit and juicy flavors possible out of beers, how do you develop the softest mouth feels um, by virtue of you know uh, different malt pills and things of that nature how do you just elevate you know that subgenre to 
you know, the highest level. Um, we're going to start very small uh, in terms of barrelage on that program. You know, probably starting in you know, small, you know, seven barrel batches. You know, hopefully places like Crafted and our friends at Iron and Glass. That place sucks. <laughs> I'm an iron and glass guy myself. You know, whatever. Those kinds of places where you'll be able to find that beer. A little bit higher price point, um, but definitely, definitely worth it. Um, so, yeah, definitely keep an eye out for that series. It's going to look very different, too, as you alluded to, in terms of packaging, just to, you know, kind of connote to the marketplace. So this is something different than what we've done before. We're, we're kind of joining this other space that exists out there in, in, in craft brewing. Um, and getting into that game in a much more serious fashion. Yeah, even with the, the Juice Trial series, we saw that kind of progress a little bit, and it, and it caught a little bit of like that. You know, it's not like to where that height point is, but to, you could sell a good chunk of it, and you know, it was like, oh my god, this is something that I didn't know that around the bed had. So the difference between Juice Trials and this new series, and what we're doing is, they're both very high quality. Um, we're going to be pushing boundaries in a way with the new series where it's going to cost more to do that. And therefore, the price point is going to be reflected in that. What Juice Trials is... $28 four-packs, bitch. No, I, no, no. I mean, you know, $15.99, What you would expect for that, you know, kind of that higher-end, you know, hazy thing. What Juice Trials is really trying to do is make the best hazy IPA accessible to the broadest you know spectrum of the market that beer lands at you know 11.99 at you know big warehouse stores to 12.99 at smaller mom and pops somewhere in that range and for my part I don't charge it I don't I don't I don't think you can find a, a, a better you know hazy IPA for that price point no, no so. who's a hazy boy well, we're gonna just, just saying. We're going to agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Here it comes. There we go. We're, we're John going and be like, I hate Vera. I hate. <laughs> he didn't say hate. said it wasn't I for him. I very dislike Vera. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> oh, no. John, the 1%. Let's go, Jose. What's up, bro? So you, for, you, for got, us, you should have all kinds of new shit coming uh, down the 2020 line. is looking good for us. Uh, pretty rowdy. A lot of collaborations. Um, with restaurants, beer dinners, uh, beer releases with um, some friends of ours who have clothing lines. Uh, we're doing a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, Sorry, we're do you guys have friends with clothing really lines? Really excited. Because Jose does. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Casa, Yeah, but we're really excited. Um, one of our favorite things, we have uh, Mesita, which is our table beer. That we do with hibiscus now. Yeah, you're out of your mind. You have a fucking table beer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Again, you guys need to talk Gary to Mike. Gary Gully used to that's do that. You guys need to talk to Mike. <laughs> I love, you guys need to talk to Mike. I love what it was, was doing. Dude. I like that's that's amazing. He I hit love me with a stuff. table beer. That yeah. was the first beer I had from him. We sat down in yeah. his apartment with the cat smacking at these things. Yeah. And, and he's like, here, this is a table beer I'm coming out and with next week. And it's a week. table beer and that I'm just are like... like in the three percenters, three point two percent. Yeah, so is ours so is a, a three point four. It's which so is dry and delightful. It's so like he doesn't apologize for it. He's like, it's dry as fuck. It's gonna be super carbonated. Yeah, I'm like, yes, exactly. exactly. So, so our mesita series is it's kind of a play on that. So we're gonna be changing it up every few months. Uh, different ingredients, different projects uh, with a couple restaurants we're talking to. Um, so we're we're really excited for that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Looking forward to seeing what your brand does coming down the line. So. Thank you, us too. Casa. 
boys. Boys, what well, else? I was just gonna say you you asked if we had friends earlier. My only friend was sitting in for my brewery earlier. <laughs> my wife <laughs> sitting in for and my brewery. <laughs> I like the way you put that. What sitting about in your for baby, my brewery. dude? My child. It's her yeah, brewery yeah. too. Um, I, I kind of like. I think at the beginning she said it. Pretty sure it's yours. That's what she said, right? Didn't she say something like, "Like he is the father, as far as we know." I'm like, then, then she said, "Oh, just for kidding. the child." Yeah. I think you meant the so, yeah, yeah. And then she said, "Just kidding." Have you seen him? He looks just like. It. Just like <laughs> it. Yeah. I mean, both are both are true. <laughs> um, yes, and. Yes. Yeah, I, I I think if I were to try to step away from the brewery, it would collapse. But maybe that's blowing smoke up my own ass i don't know real real quick for all of you guys real quick around we'll just fire it around like do, do any of you think if district three yards wasn't a thing right now you'd have you'd have tap room slash distribution right now yes uh no uh we, we were at an inflection point uh when this idea came up we were either going to go do our own thing or or this so would have been one or the other, but this is a much this is better, better. <laughs> Yeah, uh, absolutely not. Uh, I'll be the first one to admit that uh, District Briards has been the game changer for my brewery. Um, people know who I am now, uh, or know our brewery, um, and that's for better or worse uh, a consequence that I've had to deal with in the like the last month or two is. I have random people coming up to me and they're like, "Oh, you're the shotgun guy, right?" I'm like, uh, "Is that you what did I want to yourself?" That's like me when I see I see the Revolution guy out. I'm like, "Oh, you're Mr. Fresh." Yeah, <laughs> I like, fucking hate you, dude. Oh, um, the toilet paper on the foot guy. Yeah, sure. like when I went the to uh, Beguile and Dovetails like anniversary, I had like with Hagen. Was yeah, in there? I had like three or four people come up like bulldog, and I'm like, I don't know who you are, dope, though. but it's fucking cool. cool. Yeah. And yeah. they're like, Yeah, you shotgun anything today? I'm like, Again, I don't know if that's what I want to be known for. You like throw that whatever, brother. <laughs> I'll shotgun it right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of flippantly answered yes to your question, Joe. Um, but you were kind of the space, right? Right. I mean, like I, 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 the burnt city. You know, you planned uh, on doing we, something. Didn't space. we only planned on moving out of our old facility to team up with more people? And this is a much better situation for us. And to kind of tie that in, I got, I don't want to drag things out here. I, I did get mildly interrupted because of a surprise boiling water waterfall <laughs> in my awesome. brewery. Um, um, uh, That's my go-to karaoke fuck. song, by the way. And I, it I'll is Dan. We'll end with that. We'll end with that. Um, no, Dan does it nice. He doesn't do the rap. Thank I fucking God. No. Um, Can't. Uh, I got interrupted when I wanted. I, w- I, w- I was just saying, like, we're on our feet as the Bruyards now uh, more than ever. It's been a real crazy adventure. Um, the coming year is going to be awesome. As far as Burnt City goes, we have more entries in our Quike Minded Hazy IPA series that I'm really jazzed about. Um, the Dankening drops January 10th. Uh, our Mixed Ferment program is really going to uh, kick it up to another level. We have a bunch of stuff in barrels. We have more in the works. Uh, we're experimenting more with Black Pit of Hatred, our, our giant um, Imperial Stout, and... Uh, yeah, working with these guys, I mean, we're all working in close quarters. We get to see what every other brewery here is doing, and we're just learning at a rate that is, like, ridiculous about how we can make things better and better and better. We're seeing what people buy. We're getting a ton of people in here sharing their opinions with us. And as far as, like, getting to learn about what, like, 
how we want to make our craft beer and how people respond to it. I can't think of a better experiment than what we're doing right now at District Brew Yards. Yeah. Well said. Word, man. Don't sing one of the verses. Yeah, it's really you hear the elegance. <laughs> that was the rap part. <laughs> well, though, no, say thank you guys. Seriously, I mean, that, first of all, your schedule is probably suck. You're you're probably here all day, and it's fucking almost what ten o'clock right now on a Wednesday night. Good lord, is it? My wife's yeah, gonna kill me. Yeah, oh, we're oh, all getting oh, murdered. I'm I got I got all the text messages <laughs> too. My wife's like, when do you think you're gonna be home? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be super disappointing when I'm like, I yeah. just stopped recording. So. <laughs> yep. just, yeah, my my uh, my house plant is really. Uh, watching the clock. We just got a puppy today, so. Did you, like, oh, getting, what kind? Like, You're so fucked. It better be a it, bulldog. No, it's a mixed. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're not sure. It's, uh, we adopted one, so I'm getting a lot of videos and pictures, and I'm gonna be in trouble. That's what you're doing with your phone. <laughs> yeah. Show them yeah. through the podcast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That'll be the fucking cover photo when uh, I'll post this. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I'll get them to you. <laughs> it's funny you mention that because uh, I don't. I'll just speak from personal experience is uh you know having a wife it's like oh well, hey when are you coming home it's like oh, i'll be there in like 15 minutes and then you <laughs> see someone you, hours later you Pour see someone one. you know and then you're like oh i'll be home in three hours yeah, there <laughs> well, is. that is a cute dog yeah. yeah but you know what your credibility's gone your wife was on the podcast two hours ago so <laughs> she you have no you have no worries she was here she knows what's up yeah. she knows what's happening yeah look at that little co- that little cutie. Yeah. Did you give him a dinosaur you, you bone? Got, what the fuck is that? You, you yeah, gotta dude. bring that. You gotta bring that puppy oh. into the brewery. Oh, we will tomorrow. Oh, yeah. We will, please. Yeah. Especially, yeah. Cassie's gonna lose her shit. Oh, we'll, we'll bring him back. Oh, <laughs> we're going back to the future, right? So uh, February sixteenth is the next dog event at DBY. We'll be here. It's called Howlentine's Day. Oh, so you can yes. bring the dog. Oh, I yes. like it. I like it. Howlentine's Day. Yes. Oh, thank you guys. I mean, again, like. Schedules are brutal. Life's brutal. You have Christmas coming up, and you guys decided to find a way to coordinate a brew staff and four breweries to sit down with me and your fucking social media girls. <laughs> you know, you got everybody. I even got to see Lindsay tonight. I mean, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Yeah, when I, when I saw this date on the calendar, I had no idea. I didn't think how close it was to Christmas. Yeah. This was stupid. Much appreciated, though, for <laughs> all you guys. It's come to my attention that... Uh, it wasn't Alex's fault that the hot liquor tank overflowed. No, we're going to blame him. Well, I mean, if, if anybody <laughs> still kept listening for 30 minutes after that all happened. Is John here? Is John, it was it John's fault? Um, Who should we blame? It might have been John's fault. Let's blame it. It might have been John's fault. It definitely wasn't John. mine. <laughs> um, That's what a leader would say. Yes. Goddamn right it is. Yeah. Again, and yeah. on that note, yeah, again, yeah. thank you guys for doing it. Uh, you thank guys you. are truly, obviously, the most unique thing going on. I said Chicago, obviously, Dan, you kind of corrected me in saying this is a nationwide, you know, it's a first. first. So, wor- wor- worldwide, world, yeah. Well, if it's first in America, <laughs> of course, there it's goes first the soundboard. The there goes the sound, yeah. yeah, we're number one. That's right, <laughs> USA. U.S. Yeah, there you go. That's the outro as we fade out into terrible. No, we can't have that. No, that's terrible. Can can you play Hulk Hogan's theme? I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. Oh damn! Ah, I thought we were still fight for what's right. I don't know which is worse. Fight for your life. All right, and uh, love you guys. Thank you. Uh, soon, soon enough. Maybe, maybe uh, if if you guys want to, we can break off into separates. Uh, do a do a bulldog. Do a, do a casu mille. Do a burnt city day. Uh, 
we can come back and, and revisit this. But there's so much. I could sit down with you guys for four hours plus and, and still keep going. So I appreciate everything. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Cheers. Ciao. Cheers.